Today, we are talking about a uh, big group of complete losers known as the unfuckables. Actually, they're not known as that. Uh, To me, they are, but not to everyone. The unfuckables, by the way, would be a great name for a hardcore underground punk band. Uh, We are talking about some unfuckables, though, or at least guys who consider themselves to be unfuckable for a variety of reasons that have nothing to do with their own terrible choices and everything to do with pathetic victim mentality beliefs and attitudes. Incels. Incels is short for involuntary celibates, a.k.a. men who are physically able and willing and wanting to have sex with women. Boy, howdy do they want it. And they feel entitled to get it. But alas, no woman they desire is willing to have sex with them. Or at least they don't think any woman they desire could possibly desire them. And for the great sin of women having the ability and audacity to not fuck guys they are not sexually interested in, incels foster and perpetuate rampant and illogical hostility towards women in general, especially attractive, sexually active women, blaming them for their unwanted state of never getting late and blaming them for so much more. Being perpetually horny and angry about it is actually just the tip of the incel culture iceberg. Unfortunately, there is far more to incel culture than just sexually frustrated, cringy men posting on the internet about how bad they would like to feel a woman's boobies just once in their life. If you haven't heard of these folks, other than just knowing the term incel uh, refers to being frustrated about not having sex, you're not alone. Because the online forums and websites where incels gather cater exclusively only to incels and are often deeply hidden on the web, many members of the general public have no idea what these thousands and thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of very angry, society-hating men have been chatting about in their secret club meetings for years now. Truthfully, it's unsurprising that they make their sites so difficult to access, given so many of them not only advocate for violence, but also house content like rape videos and even child porn, allegedly, according to multiple sources. Uh, Making sure the links I found do actually link to child porn is not what I was willing to do in the name of podcast research this week. Uh, That's my line, I guess. Don't want to be chatting with some FBI or NSA agent in a few weeks about why there's suddenly a bunch of kiddie porn on my computer. Uh, Not that interested in maybe getting assigned to the same cell as Josh Duggar so I can get an exclusive follow-up interview for one of the most popular topics we've ever covered. Uh, These incels are seriously very secretive, though. They don't want uh, nosy normies, chads, gigachads, brads, tanners, tyrones, and other sex havers of the world shoving their perfect fucking cheekbones and toned abs and big ol' alpha male horse cocks into their incel business. So they stay in the shadows. By the way, according to the incels, the perfect face for a man is one that is presented on a large skull, has high cheekbones, thick eyebrows, a short straight nose, a long chin with a long vertical ramus that juts out at the ideal 120 degrees and rests on a thick neck. That is how a Greek god gigachad looks, according to incels. And that is why he gets all the giga Stacys, Stacys, Stacy lights, high tier Beckys, Beckys, and more. Yes, true members of the incel culture have their own lexicon. We will go over so many terms, so many weird terms. Uh, anyway, since it's not really in our faces, pun not intended, Most of us remain ignorant to the existence of incel culture and also ignorant to the real danger it poses. Online incel culture has morphed into being an extremist, violently misogynistic hate group that promotes a multifaceted ideology layered with white supremacy, homophobia, rape promotion, and the general belief that women deserve to be harmed and or killed. These pathetic blue-balled motherfuckers are true domestic terrorists. Uh, 
They believe themselves to be a marginalized populace that has been wronged over and over by a cold and callous society, mostly by women, fucking Stacys, but also by the uncaring alpha males, fucking chads, who these cold-hearted bitches choose to only sleep with. Incels are also, despite the danger they pose, really hard to consistently take seriously. I found this topic to be fascinating, abhorrent, and also pretty damn funny. The language incels use in their blog posts and on messaging boards is a mix of half-understood Darwinian science, uh, Victorian physiognomy, uh, as well as pseudoscientific incel-born theories like the dominance hierarchy, where alpha males are on top and omega males are at the bottom, a pretty involved attractiveness scale for men and women, and probably my favorite, the wrist theory. <laughs> According to Incel Wiki, this is the theory that a wrist circumference is the best indicator of upper bone thickness because there's a lack of adipose tissue surrounding it. And as we all know, having adequately thick bones are paramount to becoming a major sex haver in this world. Side note, I have tiny wrists. <laughs> like compared to my overall size, cartoonishly small. Uh, short fingers as well. My daughter Monroe actually has bigger hands than I do. And for sure, bigger wrists. I had no idea until this week how fucking lucky I've been in finding sex. According to the wrist theory, the bones in my forearm are barely big enough uh, for me to even jerk off. When a group employs language and theories this absurd and takes themselves super seriously while doing so, it can be easy to let the stupidity of it all distract from the severity of what they promote and what they too often do. Within the past decade, we've received an increasing number of reminders of just how extremely depraved and dangerous incel ideology is, like how many mass shootings it has led to and planned mass shootings. And unfortunately, incel culture is rapidly growing, so much so that the U.S. federal government and counterterrorism groups are beginning to recognize incels as America's fastest growing domestic terrorism threat. This week, in addition to dissecting their ideology, we will also be investigating some incel incited violence, including the 2014 mass shooting committed by the super arrogant incel piece of shit and self-proclaimed supreme gentleman, Elliot Roger in California. Elliot's a big name, perhaps the biggest name in the incel world. He's a man now considered to be a brave hero, a martyr for the cause by too many other incels who aspire to wantonly murder innocent women just like he did. Today, I'll attempt to make sense of the disturbing virtual landscape of incel culture, wonder at the stupidity of the thousands of men in this openly misogynistic group of virgins who have usernames like Sluts Must Die and Shitfucker 10,000. Men, and I use the term men very loosely with these losers, who also strongly believe that their own terrible choices have nothing to do with why women won't sleep with them. In another, women are the bane of all evil and we righteous patriarchs deserve to ride on the women's bicycles we want. Submit, Lucifina. Social science, true crime, and wackadoodle edition of Time Suck. This is Michael McDonald, and you're listening to Time Suck. <laughs> you're listening to Time Suck. Happy Monday, Meat Sex. Welcome or welcome back to the Cult of the Curious. Hope you're having a good holiday so far. I'm Dan Cummins, a suck master, light worker, zombie slayer, big, big fan of dead giveaway, and you are listening to Time Suck. Hail Nimrod, hail Lucifina, praise be to good boy Bojangles, glory be to Yacht Rock's favorite son, Michael motherfucking McDonald. Uh, quick staff zombie update. <laughs> and family. Shocked I was able to release this episode on time. Thanks to all the zombies 
I continue to be surrounded with. Right? Right when I get my fucking dick straightened out, literally, I become surrounded with zombies. Quick update on where everyone stands this week on Chad Daybell's zombie scale, one of the scales I now live by. Uh, my wife, Lindsay, is now, unfortunately, a 5.2 level dark zombie. The longer she continues to refuse to submit to any and all of my desires, the darker and more demonic she becomes. And the more I fear, I will have to get rid of her. So she's gotta be, she, she better be careful. Kyler, my son, well, he's actually a, a level two light worker now. Nice to finally have an ally, but my daughter Monroe is a 5.1 level dark demonic zombie. She made fun of the size of my stomach this week. Clearly, Satan's hold over her has grown stronger. My dog's Penny and Gigi. Penny is still a level 4.3 dark wizard zombie dog who continues to blatantly defy my wishes for her to stop begging and not jump on me. She remains a fluffy little zombie brat who does what she pleases. Gigi, Ginger Bell, Dee Dee Dumdrop. Well, she's a level two zombie this week. Penny's hold has has taken over. That that would explain her uh, taking a shit in the basement. Logan, oh, 5.1 level zombie this week. He's been playing a lot of drums. Lot. Saw a video on Instagram of him playing drums with his son also playing drums. Corrupting a baby with devil percussion? Well, that's a powerful force of evil. Uh, Tyler has dropped down to being a level three light worker. He's still good, but he's been laughing it up a lot lately with both Logan and Lindsay, which makes me question how good he could truly be. I had to spend so much time traveling through the celestial portal I built in my closet to heaven this week, asking various heaven dwellers like Waylon Jennings, yes, he's in heaven, how to stay strong. And I barely got my fucking work done. But I did get it done. And let's get to it now, fellow lightworkers. That last minute was super confusing. Well, just go listen to last week's episode. Okay. Uh, Before we embark on the timeline of what has been an increasing number of acts of violence perpetuated by incels, starting with the 2014 mass shooting in California and the perpetrator of that shooting who incels have deemed a saint, we're first going to attempt to explain who these incels are, what they believe, why they believe it, explore some of their forums, check out some of their pseudoscientific theories, and get a big vocabulary lesson, you mid-tier normies. Once we enter the timeline, we'll follow it all the way up to this year when the Canadian court system carried out its first terrorist prosecution involving incel ideology. Let's get into all this ridiculousness. So what does it mean when someone says they're an incel? Originally, the term meant a person. Usually, but definitely not always, a dick slinger, aka a cockwalker, aka a man, who regards him or herself as being involuntarily celibate and typically expresses extreme resentment and hostility towards those who are sexually active. Uh, The term was actually coined by a woman. Ironic, considering how the term has evolved to refer to a man who hates women. Back in the early 1990s, a Canadian woman and student known online as Alana was having a hard time getting a date. And in 1993, lonely and frustrated, the self-described late bloomer started an online support group for people like her whom she termed involuntary celibates, which morphed into inv, like I-N-V, C-E-L's, inv, inv cells. You can see why it changed to incels. Nobody could fucking say inv cells. Uh, just easier to say incels. And Alana's involuntary celibacy project soon became a community for people of all genders and orientations who were not able to have sex or romantic relationships. And, and not always angry about it, just frustrated. Alana's social life eventually improved that is, uh, she started getting that pussy roto rooted and she handed off her sight to someone else. Went on to live her life, 
Didn't realize the group evolved into a violently misogynistic movement until 2014 when she read about incel and mass murderer Elliot Roger. In 2018, Alana would write about her project saying, it definitely wasn't a bunch of guys blaming women for their problems. That's a pretty sad version of this phenomenon that's happening today. Things have changed in the last 20 years. Like a scientist who invented something that ended up being a weapon of war, I can't uninvent this word, nor restrict it to the nicer people who need it. She expressed regret at the change in usage from her original intent of creating an inclusive community for people of all genders who are sexually deprived due to social awkwardness, marginalization, or mental illness. So sad how it's morphed. Something that started off so wonderful and inclusive became something toxic and demented. Kind of like QAnon. JK, QAnon started off as garbage and only got worse. Uh, Today, the term incel can still technically refer to any heterosexual man who is involuntarily celibate, meaning he is physically able to perform sexual intercourse and would like to do so, but women repeatedly reject him. Despite popular belief, you don't necessarily have to be a virgin to be an incel. A man could have had sex once with a girl in college, but then for the next 10 years is unable to get laid again despite desperately trying to do so. Although he has had sex before, he is still an incel if he identifies as such. Uh, The idea might seem simple. Man can't get laid. Man is involuntarily uh, celibate. Therefore, man is an incel. But the issue, of course, is more complicated than that. For our purposes today, incel will refer to what the term is most commonly currently associated with. A member of an online community of young men who consider themselves unable to attract women sexually typically associated with views that are hostile toward women and men who are sexually active. When someone identifies with the incel community, it it doesn't just mean they identify with feeling lonely and depressed and the desire to be in a romantic and or sexual relationship. When someone identifies with the incel community, it means they identify with feeling profoundly entitled to sex and the idea that women are inherently subservient to men. It means they identify with the anger, the hatred, the extreme rage that the incel community harbors towards women for denying them their God-given right to fuck whatever lady hole they want to fuck. Why, mother? Why don't the lovely ladies let me ride their bicycles off all the ramps my cock desires? Why won't they at least let me grab their seats or squeeze their handlebars? Oh, how it gets my zapples going. And yes, for longtime listeners, that was Ed Kemper. In some incel forums, in many incel forums, uh, I found numerous references to that mom's throat fucking co-ed serial killer being described as an OG incel. Kemper is heralded as a great man, almost like a, a another saint in many online incel communities. He would have never killed if women just would have fucked him. Uh, being an incel is the most common form of the terms usage uh, today in the, excuse me, in the most common form of the terms usage today means someone who identifies with the advocation of violence towards men or towards women and the idea that women need to be punished for being so withholding of their sexual favors. And instead of going for the nice guys, only offering themselves up to the most masculine, alpha, big muscle and hard dick, sports car driving, big money making chads and giga chads and sometimes brats. Attached to the current incel identity is a cancerous mass of convoluted and dangerous ideologies. As an expert in extremism, Heidi Byrick once said, more and more we see misogyny as the gateway drug for extremists. So where does this incel community congregate? Uh, mostly at Starbucks, actually. Recent study of the, by the Pew Foundation 
found that approximately 30% of Starbucks baristas and over 40% of their regular in-store customers are incels. Zero. Uh, percent of Starbucks baristas are Giga Chads, Giga Stacy's, Chad Stacy's, or even Chad Lights or Stacy Lights. Uh, no, <laughs> no, they don't congregate at Starbucks either. I mean, as someone who likes to get out of the office and research in coffee shops, I have for sure, for sure, seen a lot of guys. I assume are angry incels at Starbucks, but, but I don't know if Starbucks has more or less of these guys than the average coffee shop. And I'll explain all these weird fucking Chad Light, Stacy Light names later. I promise. Uh, incels primarily interact with each other on the digital space known as the manosphere, which is a, a slightly abstract concept. So to explain it, I'll defer to the experts. Uh, Alyssa Davis, a PhD student in sociology at Vanderbilt University, whose sociology work on incels, uh, we, we leaned on a lot for this episode, wrote, in the corner of the digital realm, there is a gender segregated space known as the manosphere, where hostility toward women thrives. The manosphere is a place where men discuss their perceived gender-based victimization and advocate for acts of revenge upon society, mainly upon women. That's a, it's a very, very angry group. Uh, incels, uh, not the only group within the manosphere. Other groups include men's right activists, men going their own way, and pickup artists. Most common sites that make of the manosphere and house these groups and subgroups are Reddit, 4chan, incel.is, incel.me, looksmax.org, and love-shy.net. New research has found that these sites, in addition to containing vile, hateful content, also provide, quote, what amounts to a new feeder network for white supremacy and neo-Nazi groups, according to some sources. So that's super fun. I guess not really surprising, though. I mean, if your ideology is based largely on blaming a gender, a whole gender, uh, for your life not working out like you want it to, well, why not spread that uh, blame to just entire races of people as well? Anyone but yourself, right? You're not a fucking loser because you have a shitty attitude full of woe is me, victim mentality, willful ignorance, basic human laziness, and a lack of tenacity and grit. Ha! No way! You're a fucking loser because women and the Jews and the Chinese and the blacks and the Hispanics, etc., they just won't let you win! Well, I did lay out what I consider to be the current most accepted definition of an incel a bit ago. Uh, I should point out that even amongst incels, quite a bit of disagreement about the word actually means. Excuse me. Uh, for example, the folks at Incels Wiki, which is a massive online encyclopedia slash discussion forum operated by and for incels, they deny that inceldom is a movement or even a community, but rather a natural condition or a state of being. They define it as a gender neutral, adverse life circumstance, a condition caused by outside forces that they are unable to control. Right? Again, it's everybody else's fault. Classic loser mentality employed by every hate group on earth I can think of. Uh, they frequently compare being involuntarily celibate to being born into poverty. Conversely, many incels on websites like incel.is believe that the term is not gender neutral at fucking all. They feel that involuntarily, uh, involuntary celibacy is only ever truly experienced by men. They believe that women, no matter how low on the social ladder they may be, can always find a, a man to sleep with them. If they just put the slightest effort into someone search into some searching, right? They can always find someone to ride their bike and therefore they don't really get it. No matter how dirty their chain is, no matter how busted up their seat or how fat their tires or how droopy their handlebars are, some motherfucker will still squeeze those handlebars and ride that shit into the ditch. They've also uh, based insult ideology uh, on some half understood evolutionary science. 
Whether they believe inseldom is a condition or a community, whether they believe women can experience inseldom or not, most, if not all, online incel subgroups seem to share in the belief of what or who is to blame for inseldom. They adamantly claim that there are three primary causes of inseldom. Genetics, evolutionary traits in women, and inequitable social infrastructures, a.k.a. feminism. Incels insist that they are the victims of their own weak, God-given genetic code, which has influenced their appearance and cognitive abilities in ways that are evolutionarily unattractive to women. And there's just nothing that can be done about that. No, no, huh, not a thing. They definitely can't go to the gym, ever. They can't work out. Uh, they can't read relationship books. They can't see a therapist and work on having a more positive attitude. Uh, they can't brush their teeth a little bit or find an antiperspirant that works or shower more or focus on becoming the best version of themselves in any way. All of that is literally impossible. They were just born with a weak chin, a tiny dick, little baby wrists, and a brain and a tiny skull incapable of ever getting a job that will allow them to buy a sick-ass sports car, peck implants, uh, and a dope solid gold chain Stacy attracting necklace. But for real, they believe themselves to be genetically inferior and at an evolutionary disadvantage causing them to be discriminated against by society due to things like their height, bone structure, forehead size, eye size, uh, such as how pronounced one's upper eyelids are, hair thickness, skin, muscular makeup, uh, distance between facial features, such as the mid-face ratio, which is referenced frequently on incel forums, and as a distance from the midpoint of your pupils to the middle of the lips divided by the interpupillary distance. (laughs) <laughs> They've thought a lot about this shit. Incels uh, haven't come up to very good conclusions, but put a lot of thought into it. Incels believe women are evolutionarily hardwired to seek the most dominant male to mate with for prote- protection. Right, The masculine features like the ones I just described indicate to the stupid, stupid woman's unevolved little tiny monkey brain strength, quality genetics, and therefore reproductive success. One catchphrase frequently evoked by incels referencing all of this is a few millimeters of bone. And surprisingly, they're not talking about their fully erect micropenises there. Essentially, what this phrase, a few millimeters of bone means, is that the only thing standing in the way of an incel in sex are the minute proportional differences in facial and bone structure that make them appear aesthetically unmasculine, such as weak chins, large eyes, weak frames, misshapen skulls, and thin wrists. And therefore indicate to, again, the stupid, stupid, unevolved, probably only as big as a walnut, definitely no bigger than a tennis ball, woman monkey brain, that they have inferior genes. Why, mother? Why won't the stupid monkey women suck my omega cock? Another theory incels use to rationalize their personal failures is the concept of a dominance hierarchy. Incels fiercely advocate for its existence in both modern society and dating slash sexual politics. According to the incels, men who possess the most traditionally masculine characteristics, both physical traits like bone structure and non-physical traits like making a lot of money or having a lot of professional success, are at the top of the totem pole and have the most access to power and sex. The less masculine your features are or the less masculine features you possess, the lower on the hierarchy you are and have less access to power and sex. I wonder how these guys rationalize a dude like Seth Green, marrying model Claire Grant. I love actor Seth Seth Green and think he's amazing. So creative. Seems super cool. But not born with alpha male genetics. He's five foot four, maybe. Not remotely muscular. Does not have the face of a Hollywood leading man. His wrists are probably the size of the average fifth grade girls. And he's married to a gorgeous five foot seven model with perfect bone structure. 
And that was just an easy example of a celebrity I, I found very quickly. I, I imagine incels, incels would say, yeah, but, but she only married him after he became famous, right? The, the money and fame outweighed his genetics. Okay. But I also know a guy who I won't name who was born with severe physical deformities. His spine, uh, very, very curved. He's had to have many surgeries for a variety of serious ailments. He essentially does not have a neck. His face is very asymmetrical. A lot of health problems. Uh, not rich by any means. Not big wrists. Not a strong jawline or a huge skull. And yet, he has a beautiful wife who has an even more beautiful personality, who loves him dearly. They've been married for over 15 years, have several kids, which means she accepts his should-be-an-incel-cock into her sweet, sweet Stacy hole. So how does that happen? Maybe because this guy has a great fucking attitude. Amazing sense of humor about the obstacles he's faced, he continues to face a contagious love of life, great personal hygiene. He really tries to do the best he can in every imaginable uh, situation. Attitude and tenacity. It really does go such a fucking long way in life. Uh, I believed that when I was younger and have only come to believe it more over time. Anyway, back to defeatist, blame everybody else, incel, loser mentality, right? The game is fucking rigged and at the very bottom of life's meat sack hierarchy are the incels and there's nothing they can do about it. So why would incels advocate for a system where they're placed dead last and subsequently denied the privileges they believe themselves to be entitled to? That's a very confusing and bizarre thing, right? Alyssa Davis, that sociology doctoral student, who's also hot, and I'm guessing uh, refuses to fuck even one incel, broke the appeal of this belief system down pretty well when she wrote. Rather than placing blame for their low status on dominant social constructions of masculinity, incels place it directly on those men at the top of the masculine hierarchy and to a greater extent on women. Incels therefore display traits of hostile masculinity. They have a desire to be controlling and dominating towards women and view sexual conquest as a crucial component to reinforce their own masculinity. In this group's mind, women should be sexually subservient to men, but instead, women control men's access to sex. Right? Like I keep saying, why won't so many of you ladies just submit already? Enough with having your own desires, dreams, hopes, ambitions, passions, blah, blah, blah. Just be a nice, docile fuckbike. So... Not only do incels believe themselves to be blameless for their condition, as the only thing they've done wrong is to be born with certain genetic code, they also extend the blame to toxic masculinity not to other men, but to women primarily. Women and their goddamn proclivity for hypergamy. Hypergamy is a term used in social sciences uh, to explain marriage practices and patterns. Within the sciences, hypergamy is when a woman marries a man of higher status than herself, be it status of education, income, or occupation. But there's far more to the term and what it's used for than that simple explanation suggests. For example, up until relatively recently in history, marriage was largely an economic decision for women, really the only economic decision women were allowed to make. In fact, it wasn't until the beginning of the 20th century that women in modern times were allowed to join the workforce, you know, completely. And it wasn't until 1974 that women in the U.S. could even obtain a separate credit card from her husband. Isn't that fucking crazy? 1974, thanks to the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. Prior to that, while it was not illegal for women to get credit cards on their own, it was common practice to never issue credit cards to them. Banks could and did consistently refuse to issue credit cards to unmarried women. And if a woman was married, she still had to have her husband co-sign to get a credit card. Uh, So yeah, women have long tried to marry up 
because of the fucked up rules of the cultures they have been born into that did everything they could to destroy their autonomy and foster dependence on men. The good old days, in other words, for incels. Incels have taken the term hypergamy and have started wielding it as the holy grail of validation and affirmation of their sexist beliefs. Incels believe that because women have evolved to be dependent on men and the resources men provide for them, they have also evolved to be extremely selective in who they choose to mate with. Therefore, women disdain qualities in men that signal to her, again, her stupid, fucking unevolved, some dogs are probably working with more upstairs than women, monkey brains, that he would be a poor hunter, like having large, prey-like eyes, or that he would be unable to provide her with resources, like a, like a lack of ambition. I have above-average ambition, I think, but I do have large eyes, and I don't have a super strong jawline, as revealed by my mustache choice a few years, few years ago. I need to find Lindsay, and even though she's still an evil zombie demon, and she's not even remotely subservient, and that's very frustrating, she does fuck me. She even acts like she enjoys it, and now I know it's an act, and I need to thank her profusely for taking pity on me. Anyway, women of all ranks of attractiveness, which is a real incel scale we will go over later, uh, all go after the men on the highest echelons of the masculine hierarchy, leaving behind an excess of desperate baby beta men with no one left to fuck them. In order to validate their perceived discrimination and confirm their position on the masculine hierarchy, incels also employ the concept of life history. Life history is actually a theory that stems from evolutionary ecology, but is also employed in biology, anthropology, psychology, and even economics. According to nature.com, in general, life history theory attempts to understand how natural selection helps organisms to achieve reproductive success. In evolutionary ecology, life history theory is used to explain different aspects of an organism's life cycle, such as how fast the organism grows, at what age it matures, how long it lives, and how often it reproduces, uh, are affected by phenotype compromising demographic traits, aka traits that influence the organism's physical and behavioral attributes. Uh, Just from that, you might already be able to guess how incels use this theory to position themselves as victims of evolution. Right? Fuck you, Charles Chad Darwin. Fuck you right to the hell you definitely did not believe in, uh, believe existed. Incels assert that men at the top of the masculine hierarchy are fast life history strategists. All those words are capitalized. And thus, thanks to winning the birth lottery, are naturally well adapted to a Western culture that privileges rapid success and domination. Uh, born winners, in other words. The fast life history strategists are characterized by their large secondary sexual characteristics a.k.a. sex characteristics that are separate from the reproductive system, such as their Adam's apple, facial hair, pubic hair, their dominant and venturesome personalities, and high-energy investment into reproductive effort. How many fucking pubes do you have, meat sacks? Do you have the thick, luscious, lower locks of a winner? Or do you have the mangy, wispy, garbage pube carpet of a fucking loser? If you don't have enough pubes right now, to shave all of them off and make a full, beautiful Afro wig for a grown-ass Tyrone. You should walk out in front of a fucking bus. No one will ever love you. You just don't have enough pubes to be worthy of love. Or something like that. Uh, an incel on the bottom of the masculine hierarchy is a slow life history strategist. Again, all words capitalized. Marked by his small secondary sexual characteristics. His humble and reliable personality and his investment into the cultivation of somatic capital, such as cognitive specialization for an occupation in STEM. (laughs) Basically, these incels 
think that they're they're not being fucked because they're too smart and they're too evolved and just they're just too humble and loyal, right? For conniving, evil, power hungry, soulless, demon slut women witches to want to ever fuck them. And adding to the pain of all of this is the knowledge that women used to want to fuck these incels before feminism reared its ugly she-devil head. Good job, Lucifina. Way to ruin everything for these humble, reliable STEM incels. According to the incels, the masculine hierarchy wasn't always in danger of victimizing so many men, incels, slow life, history, strategists. Women's hypergamy wasn't always a problem. In fact, everything was just fine before the sexual revolution, before the invention of feminism. It should come as no surprise that to any listener that incels are extremely, uh, aggressively anti-feminist. According to one of the world's foremost premier think tanks, incel.wiki, feminism is the process by which women take credit for the innovations of mostly celibate men, which made them want to enter the workforce. Feminism is the logical outcome of advanced industry slash technology and the natural proclivity of females to maximize their mating strategy of hypergamy. Incels believe that because women are not sexually attracted to men of lower social or economic status than themselves, as they have gained more rights and have elevated themselves in the masculine workplace hierarchy, there are now less and less men above them to be attracted to and more and more men below them who are now not attractive at all. In other words, back when all men were seen as socially and economically dominant to women, aka the good old days, then women's evolutionary desire to marry up was easily satiated as literally all men were above all women. But as the wage gap began to close and women gained more rights, men at the bottom of the masculinity hierarchy were subsequently marginalized and cast aside. Uh, the history section of the Feminism Incel Wiki page explains this all correctly as follows. As fewer men gave them tingles, sexually excited them. More incels were created and more men were sent their own way. And as women gained more dominance in society, they complained about they complained more about beta males and quote rape, etc. Wow. As women gained more dominance, they complained more about rape. Uh, back in the good old days when America was great, women just accepted being raped as how life was supposed to work. This is a great example of how dangerous their ideology is. These fucking losers actually think that they should be allowed to rape, right? Men should get whatever they want from women. Women used to exist only to serve men's pleasure before feminism fucked everything. Anyone else kind of thinking about how nice it would be to take all the members of these incel forums, uh, gather them up into a stadium or several stadiums and just, I don't know, burn them alive? Truly such a group of pathetic losers. I'll probably be saying those two words a lot today. Pathetic and losers. The more I dug into all of this, the more those words just kept popping up in my brain. Uh, Also, how about the beginning of that feminism definition? Feminism is the process by which women take credit for the innovations of mostly celibate men. (laughs) Oh, we do. Oh, it's men. Men do. With a talent for STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics is invent almost everything. We can't even get a handjob for that? Come on! Handbags, lipstick, blouses, uh, panties, hair dryers, ovens, uh, foundation, high heels, bras, uh, uh, luxury SUVs. Hello! All invented by men. And most of them probably never even got fucked. We just make this shit. You ladies used to be successful. And then you leave us high and dry. 
with the bluest of balls. Not now, Mom. I'm admitting in the manosphere. I'm trying to get my man thoughts together. What? Yeah, of course I'd like some gravy on my mashed potatoes. What? What do you mean we ran out of root beer? I guess I'll have a Dr. Pepper, but I'm pissed. What? Why do I always have to leave? Why do I always have to leave when your lady friends come over for a book club? You know I can't afford my own place, and it's your fault, Mom. I got your chin and your wrists. Give me a place to stay for as long as I want to, and feed me as least you can do. Ah, oh, women, even moms, try and ruin in our lives. That kind of shit. <laughs> okay, so now that we've gotten to know what the incels stand for and the idiotic reasoning behind why they stand for it, time to dive deeper into their language and codes. So much absurd terminology coming up. And I have found so much of it highly entertaining. And we'll get right into it after the first of today's two mid-show sponsor breaks, ad-free episodes, and more available on Patreon for $5 a month. And I'm back. Let's go over uh, so many incel terms now. Hope you find this as amusing as I do. Incel jargon is incredibly ludicrous and involved. Uh, Luckily for us, Incel Wiki has an extensive glossary to help us navigate what the fuck they're talking about. All of these definitions are quoted directly from the Incel Wiki website. Uh, starting off strong with something incels uh, for sure know uh, so much about. Enough to write uh, in a 1,109-word <laughs> wiki page on uh, sexual attraction. Sexual attraction is defined as the desire to mate and or to bond. Humans produce social signals when they are sexually attracted to someone. Most of sexual attraction is merely about looks, but women care about status, strength, and resources in addition to that. Okay, let's say all this is true for literally all women or or at least all heterosexual women that they're attracted to looks and also attracted to a guy with uh, good social status, guy who's strong, guy who's financially secure. What exactly is wrong with that? I would bet that 99.9% of these incels are superficial as fuck. I bet they almost exclusively desire women who they find exceptionally physically attractive. Small waists, big boobs. I bet many of them could date plenty of other women if they didn't only seek out the most fit, sexy women based on current Western Barbie-like beauty ideals. It's just so hypocritical. These idiots are so full of shit. They are mad at women for hypothetically doing the exact same shit that they do. Anyway, continue with their sexual attraction definition. According to these genius incels, Because men desire certainty about their paternity and their children, they are more sexually attracted to, quote, nice women who are obedient and virgins, who smile at the man and laugh at his jokes, end quote. Uh, Dumb women, meanwhile, uh, mostly desire protection in a mate. Women subsequently do not choose nice guys. They always capitalize nice guys because their genetic traits, uh, like a weak frame and a kind disposition, signal to her an inability to protect. I'd like to point out how dumb it is to think that someone with a strong frame can't always be a nice guy. Absurd. I have known plenty of really nice guys who are also very athletic and strong and known plenty of dickheads with weak little rib cages I would like to fucking kick and cave in. Additionally, according to incel ideology, men are more attracted to women than women are to men. To conceal this harsh reality, a woman will fake orgasms in order to convince her partner she is more attracted to him than anyone else even though that is, of course, not true. This is because women are evolutionarily programmed to want to have sex with as many men as possible in order to secure good genes for her offspring 
and adequate protection for herself. In other words, according to Incel Wiki, women are more interested in short-term relationships, one-night stands, than they are in long-term relationships. Uh, yeah, that has not been my experience with women at all in life, but okay. I, I have literally never heard a single male friend of mine complain along the lines of, God, why do all these women only want to fuck me and then bounce? If only one of them wanted an actual relationship. Uh, the incels explain that because of the whole needing to be certain about their paternity thing, men are evolutionarily programmed to invest in long-term relationships. Okay. Uh, women know this. So in addition to faking orgasms to convince partners of their fidelity, women will also, quote, pretend to be heartbroken. <laughs> After an alpha male refuses to progress their short-term relationship into a long-term one, right? Because they're so manipulative. They do this so they can appear innocent and not slutty for having engaged in casual sex. This is to make themselves more desirable for men interested in long-term investment because it gives an impression of reliability, honesty, etc., which men desire, which is, you know, also phony with women. Got it. Men are loyal, don't like to fuck around. Women are godless whores who want every member of the football team to take a turn riding their bikes, even the punter and the equipment manager. Nothing misogynistic and absurd about any of this. Next term, alpha male. Takes on risk and confrontation, is confident, a leader, high status, and attractive to women. One can become an alpha by a dominant strategy, by aggression and intimidation, by a prestige strategy, by skill and reputation, or simply by good looks, muscularity, and tallness. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. I'm over six feet tall, and despite having a gut, fairly muscular, and that is why Lindsay is with me. Forget what I said earlier about thanking her for fucking me. No, now it's clear to me she needs to do the thanking. Uh, thank you, incel wiki. It's time I got my lady in line. Uh, here are a few ways incel wiki suggests one male can non-verbally signal to another, more beta male, his status as an alpha. First and foremost, stand up straight, motherfucker. As we all know, quote, more dominant individuals have a more erect posture. Dominance is not caused by the erectness of posture, but dominance leads to a change in posture. Interesting. I need to start puffing my chest out. Make sure my spine is straight and exert more dominance. Secondly, man spread to the high heavens. Touch as many people as you want in any way you want. Consent is for beta pussies. I do man spread a lot. Am I alpha? I thought it was just because I have weak hip flexors. Uh, I need to start touching uh, more people, apparently, if I want to really be alpha. Incel.wiki also suggests that subtle poses like nods, arms behind, head, right? Man spreading, elevation, relaxation, facial expressions are signals of confidence and status. More confidence slash dominant men also initiate more handshaking and engage in more invasive touching. Invasive touching. What is that exactly? Do I need to start just, you know, poking people in their sternums when I talk to them? <laughs> make, make them recognize my alpha status? Right? Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, or should I poke their buttholes to establish dominance? Maybe I need to start poking people in their buttholes the second I meet them. Like when they introduce themselves, I just look past them and shout something. Like, oh my God, what is that? And then when they turn around to look, I drop to my knees and just shoot a hard finger right into their butthole. Just gotcha. You're my bitch now, buddy. Fucking own you. Thirdly, never be shy, even if you are, because shyness is fundamentally an expression of low status. Fourth, don't despair, complain, or show neediness of any kind. Uh, this piece of advice, 
I find particularly funny because it seems to me the whole incel movement is founded on thousands and thousands of sad, desperate men getting together to whine about, you know, their need to get laid. But it's not like they're claiming not to be betas, right? I, I guess they have to whine. It's their destiny, what they were born to do. A next piece of advice, even though it's basically in direct contradiction to the previous one, don't smile. This is because low status people smile more, excuse me, <coughs> and dominant people smile less. Uh, furthermore, men smile less than women because men have higher status and women are more low status, agreeable and compliant, presumably related to women's more childlike, shorter and weaker stature. <laughs> you fucking weak baby women. Now I know what I'm getting Lindsay for Christmas, coloring books and Barbies. So childlike, I will not be getting her anything heavy like dumbbells. Out of the question, I won't even get her a paperweight. Her dainty little lady fingers uh, wouldn't be able to pick it up or hold it. Uh, Lastly, don't laugh at other men's jokes. (laughs) Jesus Christ. If you laugh at another man's jokes, you are admitting that he has a higher status than you in regards to their humor. And admitting someone's higher status means lowering your own reproductive success. Holy shit. I have seen a lot of you from stage over the years at my stand-up shows uh, laughing your weak little beta bitch asses off. I fucking own you, idiots. Next term, uh, beta male. Beta males are moderately uh, sexually successful and typically followers. They are usually subservient to alphas. Traditionally, they usually exchange loyalty to alphas in exchange for alphas not hoarding all the females. However, modern day betas tend to not vocally care much about getting laid nor who is ruling them. (laughs) I love the idea that alphas have all these harems of women and will usually only let a beta have one you know, traditionally, in exchange for loyalty. Hey, Todd, are you going to be fucking loyal? Yeah, you promise? You fucking nerd? Okay, well, I guess I'll let you fuck Becky then. (laughs) Just kidding! That's what I would have done in the good old days, but now you get nothing. Below beta is omega. It appears that all omegas are incels, whether they realize it or not. They are the ultimate unfuckables. Omega male is defined as males who are totally unsuccessful with women, They uh, are often socially excluded and hence never get laid. Uh, Next is a point that incels and I actually agree on, how much pickup artists suck. A pickup artist, aka a PUA, is defined as follows. PUA is a term that was originally coined from the belief that picking up women is a form of art. Used to describe the members of the seduction community. Now it refers to a group of fraudulent men who sell overcharged, useless, slash untested self-help advice on dating to naive, sexually inexperienced people. Uh, yeah, nailed it. Uh, I find the pickup artist to be misogynistic. Yeah, comment. Uh, the original pickup artist was a man named Ross Jeffries, who published How to Get the Women You Desire into Bed, a down and dirty guide to dating and seduction for the man who's fed up with being Mr. Nice Guy. 30 years later, Jeffries is still offering his assistance in the form of one-on-one online classes of an unknown, but probably very high price. In the application form, the final question asks what the applicant's average income is. Uh, Jeffrey's website intro is too stupid not to include here. This guy's such a fucking tool. Here are a few tidbits of what Ross Jeffries can do for you if you're a guy who just wants to get laid and have a really shitty moral compass. Uh, His website is seduction.com. Of course it is. And I feel like the following needs a, a cheesy romance music bed. Gotta get some smooth saxophone up in this shit uh, to really uh, give it the vibe I want. Dear friend who wants a lot more success with women, 
If you're a guy who's interested in easily enjoying the kind of hot, amazing women you've always dreamed of, this will be the most important message you've ever read. Here's why. My name is Ross Jeffries, and I'm the butt-ugly old guy in the picture you see on this page. To say I was a loser with women would be an understatement. Not only did I never get a single date in high school or college, but I didn't lose my virginity until I was 22. Thank you, chubby Megan from Brown Deer, Wisconsin. I'll never forget you for popping my cherry. And from then until I was 29, I only had sex with one woman who was so homely, I felt more ashamed than grateful. Anyway, no matter what your situation is, I'd like to take a minute to ask you a life-changing question. What would it be worth to you if you had a reliable, predictable system to get the hottest, most high-quality women ready to jump your bones within 20 minutes of meeting you without ever having to bother with a date? Oh, my God. It's so douchey and predatory. Right? Hey, Ross, how about you stop trying to get dorks to chase the hottest, most high-quality women? How about get dorks to chase other dorks? Find someone on their level that they actually, I don't know, maybe care about. As opposed to viewing other human beings as just potential bedpost notches. How about that, Ross? You're 65 years old now, and guess what? You're a bigger loser than you were back in high school and college. How sad that you still have the life perspective at 65 years old of a horny, angry 15-year-old. You unevolved fucking douchebag. I hope Megan from Brown Deer, Wisconsin is crushing life and embarrassed that she ever fucked you. And what are you teaching uh, to get guys laid in 20 minutes? How to rape? Uh, Under Ross's text, there is a pretty dismal image of uh, Jeffrey standing with his arms crossed in front of a large notepad with scrambled writing on it. Looking at another man seated on a stool. Uh, The caption reads, Stockbroker Ben, 39 explains his success with a 22-year-old six-foot female athlete at one of my speed seduction seminars. For fuck's sake, why are you teaching Ben how to try and fuck people half his age, right? Uh, Does this course come with a training into how to drive a a tiny convertible and how much Viagra to take on a Friday night, Uh, who the best hair plug doctor is, how not to get caught roofing somebody? Uh, good job hating on pickup artist incels. Uh, in that way, we're allies. Uh, did not expect to see eye to eye with uh, incels on anything. But with my, with my teeny tiny wrists, pray like eyes and weak jaw, I guess it does make sense. We agree in some areas. Uh, next term is one-itis. One-itis is a state of consistent romantic obsession with a person who is not in a relationship with you. A one-itis is often unrequited, can last for months, years, or even decades, and can be psychologically devastating for the person suffering it, leaving them only in the realm of fantasy. And this is a a really stupid way to behave. I had a buddy in college who did not date most of college, never anyone serious, because he was so obsessed with this one girl, a girl he went to high school with where he was also obsessed with her, and she did not see him that way at all, ever. She dated several guys. uh, It killed him. He acted like an idiot. Uh, You just can't force chemistry. You cannot force attraction. His persistence was not romantic. It was delusional and did not pay off. Numerous of his friends, myself included, had many interventions with him. Just, what are you doing, dude? Stop. Nothing worked. And he wasted like six years of his life chasing her and it was all for nothing. You gotta be somewhat realistic with romance, right? Life is not a fucking Cameron Crowe movie. Showing up beneath somebody's window with a boombox playing Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes, 
not always going to work. You are not John Cusack. Your life is not actually a movie. The next term is de-insulization. Escaping insuldom, typically by forming a reciprocal romantic bond with someone. Uh, I'm sure the reaction to this from uh, you know various incels is mixed. Some are probably happy that you've made it out of the bottom rung of dating people. Uh, most, most, I imagine, think you're some form of a sellout now and sacrificing some important part of yourself so you can uh, appease and then sleep with these dumb, selfish, status-hungry, vapid females. Next, next term is looks maxing. Any attempt to improve one's appearance. The suffix uh, maxing used uh, to, you know, uh, you can be attached to any word associated with the activity an incel is partaking in in order to improve themselves and or increase their sexual market value. Other variations include gym maxing, using the gym to gain muscle mass, gain a better physique, surgery maxing, using plastic surgery to fix one's perceived flaws, money maxing, making more money in order to attract a female, poverty maxing, going to a poor region as an incel to find a partner that perceives him as being wealthy, and even tranny maxing, the act of switching to another gender in the hope that it may help you escape inseldom. I don't, I don't think that's how sexuality works at all. You can't just switch genders and force yourself to be attracted to the other sex because you're striking out with the current sex. Uh, there are a couple of incel sites and forums dedicated to looks maxing, one of them being looksmax.org, and it's not surprisingly garbage. Next term is SMV, one's sexual market value, someone's level of desirability in the dating market. Uh, SMV is evalu- evaluated along with the decil scale, which we will go over in a bit. Then there's looks match. Looks match is someone who is equal to another person on the decil scale. In other words, someone who is in the same percentile of physical attractiveness within their gender demographic as the other person in their gender demographic. And yeah, that's not a not a bad uh, piece of advice uh, as is laid out there, right? If you're a guy who is five foot two, uh, obese, not conventionally handsome, and you only want to date women who are five nine or taller uh, with very fit swimsuit model bodies. Yeah, you're probably going to strike out a bunch. Probably not going to be very successful dating. You got to be realistic, bro. Who's your female equivalent? Uh, next is looksism or lookism, a synonym for, uh, oh my gosh, cockophobia, cockophobia, fear of ugly people, uh, but without the psychiatric context. Lookism against people who have an extreme aesthetic appearance and are disfigured is sometimes called ableism or teratophobia. Most humans are naturally extremely looksist or lookist. Uh, teratophobia, by the way, is the fear of giving birth to a monster. I didn't know there was a phobic fear of birthing a monster or a phobic fear of seeing ugly people. How bad would it be for your self-esteem if your manager <laughs> at work took you aside at like a team meeting and was like, uh, hey, Earl, uh, I don't feel good about saying this, but you're going to have to uh, stay away from the meetings. Your presence, well, it's it's freaking Nancy out. She has cockophobia. It, it's a psychiatric disorder. She cannot help. Uh, so please do not be mad at her. It is not her fault that she has it. And it is not her fault that you are, how do I say, uh, quite unattractive. She is intensely afraid, like crippling afraid of ugly people. And, and yes, you are the only person she's freaking out about. Now, now are you that ugly? According to Nance, yeah, dude, you are. And I, I do have to agree. Uh, you're a nice guy, but you're you're a real Quasimodo. This can't be new info for you. For, for what it's worth, you, you don't bother me a bit. I've always found ugly people such as yourself to be uh, generally sweet, 
uh, agreeable and pretty easy to work with. <laughs> uh, next up is red pill. In regards to involuntarily involuntary celibacy, sorry, I'm fighting a cold, so I got a little science stuff going on. Uh, confronting the idea that exchanges of material value largely drive one's mating success as opposed to abstract concepts like love and that female hypergamy limits the majority of men's sexual success. In incel jargon, the suffix pill is applied to different colors that represent opposing philosophies or life views. Uh, originated, as most of you probably know, from a scene in The Matrix, right, where Neo's offered the red pill or the blue pill. If he takes the red pill, he'll be forced to face the unsettling and terrifying truth of life. And if he takes the blue pill, he'll simply return to his comfortable false reality. The blue pill in incel jargon uh, is uh, for unquestionably accepting what the normie fake stream media and similar conventional sources have to say about the dating scene. The blue uh, uh, pill has developed to mean an inability to see nuance, a belief in the just world fallacy accompanied by virtue signaling, being unenlightened to the unpleasant realities of the world. Because they choose to believe in comforting and convenient tropes, blue pillars are considered to be naive to what red pillars think to be the truths of the world. The red pill thinks, how dare you label us incels as just having victim mentality. We don't hate and blame women and more athletic, higher income earning males in order to avoid taking a good hard look at ourselves. No, sir. We just understand what the real truths of life and dating are. And the most important truth is that women only want to fuck Brad's, Chad's, and Giga Chad's. They only want strong jawlines, predatory eyes, thick wrists, big pecs, fat wallets. And anyone who doesn't agree, happy virtue signaling, you lucky, wet dick having motherfuckers. There's also black pill, a fatalistic, depressed version of the red pill. Uh, next up, a term we've all heard before that incels have assigned a slight variation of the traditional definition to slut. A promiscuous woman, which may or may not overlap with whoredom. In popular imagination, sluts are typically characterized as being particularly hypergamous, heartbreakers, dangerous to liaise with, sneaky, psychopathic, borderline, and bisexual. You can easily identify sluts according to the incel wiki because they all share the same common characteristics. For example, sluts are disinterested in long-term bonding, have a predilection for cheating, oftentimes disingenuously, disingenuously pretend to be obedient virgins, have tattoos <laughs> or other body modifications, and this is my favorite, and wear choker necklaces. <laughs> they wear these necklaces in order to, quote, signal their fluttery to receptive males, despite their frequent denial of this. Choker necklaces. So that's how, how you know. If somebody is a slut or not, man, as somebody who went to high school and college in the nineties, apparently about 80% of the girls I went to school with were massive sluts. So many chokers. And then for the next two decades, there was a global slut shortage. And now with nineties fashion trends coming back around, we seem to be living in another, uh, slut surplus. heyday. Uh, hail Nimrod and hail Safina. I was quite a slut at various points in my life and I had a great time. I didn't even wear a choker, uh, but I did sleep with some girls who did. Next is bald cell. A man who is either bald or balding, which drastically affects one's aesthetic value. Uh, tell that to The Rock. Vin Diesel, Samuel L. Jackson, Jason Statham, Bruce Willis, Mike Coulter, Sean Connery, all the other bald guys that have been heartthrobs uh, or, and or action movie stars. They seem to have done or are still doing uh, pretty well with the ladies. Uh, there's also height cell, <laughs> also known as a shortcut or small cell, is someone whose placement on the inseparable spectrum can at least partially be attributed to being short. 
the most notable height cell in history is probably Beethoven. <laughs> Beethoven was supposedly 5'4", uh, according to the internet. But was he an incel? Supposedly, yeah, he may have died as a virgin and he was allegedly rejected in a variety of romantic attempts. But was that because he was short? I don't think so. Danny DeVito is 4'10". And he was with Rhea Perlman for roughly 40 years. They had at least, uh, they had, not at least, they had three kids together. So they got fucked, you know, or he fucked at least three times. Uh, Vern Troyer, two foot eight inches tall. Longtime sexual partner before he died was a gorgeous actress and model, Brittany Powell. She's five six. I have, I have an old college buddy who is about five two. His wife is around five ten, and smart, kind, and beautiful. And he dated around a lot before her. He might have slept around more than anybody else in my friend group. Probably did. And his height definitely did not seem to hold him back. I'm guessing that most, if not all of you, already know that all these beliefs are ridiculous. But I still like to refute them with concrete examples. Next term is an odd one. A protocell. Someone who has experienced inceldom prior to the incelosphere age. Uh, the wiki then goes on to offer an unfounded list of notable protocell figures with a small num- with a small note that some of these people listed might be considered voluntary celibates, vol sales, rather than incels. Yeah, vol cell. Uh, the catalog includes Vincent Van Gogh, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, H.P. Lovecraft, uh, writer Charles Bukowski, scientist Nikola Tesla, and Isaac Newton, Beethoven, as we went over, and finally Buddha and Jesus Christ. <laughs> Guessing Jesus and Buddha are considered vol cells. But no such definitive assertion is made. Pretty pretty funny to think of Jesus, not as someone who chose to remain a virgin, but as a dude who, despite his desires and best efforts, just could not get late. I, I just picture him praying about his frustration. Just, please, Father, I, I do understand my mission here on earth. I do. I'm fine with being betrayed and crucified so I can open up a path of eternal salvation for all of humanity. I, I really am. But in exchange for my sacrifice, could you please just help me a little bit? When it comes to riding Mary Magdalene's sexy little bike just one time, she won't give me the time of day. It's something about my wrists and how close my eyes are together. I I just want to take a victory lap around Jerusalem, catch some air on a ramp behind the Tower of David. Please, Dad, just help baby boy. Uh, There's also a bunch of other cells. Uh, There are gym cells, incels who think they can compensate with muscles for low LMS, looks, money, status. A virgin cell, an incel whose lack of sexual experience makes them even more socially awkward or unattractive to women. Skull cell, <laughs> an incel with a small skull. Uh, did not expect that one when I first went through the list. Fucking skull cell. <laughs> I can't think of a single time when I've either heard of a guy, you know, like a friend of mine having trouble dating because his head was too small or of a female friend telling me she would never date a guy with a smaller than average skull. That's just so absurd. Uh, what do you think of Mark? Uh, dating material? <laughs> God, no. That fucking pinhead? No way I could fuck him. No one have to. No one I'd have to stare into those little doll eyes resting on the front of that toddler noggin. There's also, of course, a wrist cell. <laughs> a wrist cell is an adult or fully grown incel whose wrist bones are of small circumference and or of womanly or childish size. Thus, it affects his masculinity or sense of manliness. Typically, it means wrist less than six point five inches. Well, I am barely not a wrist cell. My wrist circumference, and yes, I did measure it for this episode, is six and seven eighths inches. <laughs> just, just barely snuck in the fuckable range. Uh, there's also an escort cell, an incel who uses the services of an escort. 
this one's weird to me. I mean, if you're using an escort, you're not celibate. I mean, yeah, you're paying for sex, but you're having sex. Uh, then there's the ethnocell, an incel who is not white. This condition sometimes leads him to inceldom because women of his race prefer dating white women, uh, dating white men. And this is a belief in the incel universe is that all women of all races all prefer white men. <laughs> are, is that true? Are, are white men the most desirable uh, race of men? I would guess historically that may have been true because of white men having the most political power. But now are a lot of Hispanic, black, Asian men, et cetera, just losing out on so much puss thanks to the white chads of the world. I don't think so. Now for a little collection of overtly racist terms like rice cell. A rice cell is an individual whose involuntary celibacy can be attributed to their East or Southeast Asian ancestry. It is also used to denote an incel of such descent or as a broad term to refer to Asiatic appearing males in general. South Asians of non-mongloid appearance are instead known as curry cells. Non-mongloid? <laughs> Do a lot of Asian people appear mongoloid? I had to look that word up. It's an old fucking timey racial classification term, like super derogatory. People turned mongoloids were thought to be weak in body and spirit, bad and lacking in virtue. And then there's curry cell, which I just said, someone who is on the insuldom spectrum due to having inherited some traits from ancestors from Nepal, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Bhutan, uh, certain regions of Burma and the Maldives. Then there's Muslim cell, sometimes called a sandal, someone whose insuldom can at least be in part attributed to a puritanical Islamic upbringing. I had not heard of the uh, racial slur sandal before. Next is true cell. Kissless and touchless virgin has never had any sort of physical interaction with a member of the opposite sex because of his repulsive, ugly appearance. Jesus. Even among the incels, there's a hierarchy, right? A, a bottom tier of the bottom tier. Someone for other incels to mock, I guess. <laughs> you never even front hugged a woman who wasn't your mom or aunt? You're a loser, fucking true cell. Dude, I can't remember how many titties I've hugged. I've switched so many titties, bro. Uh, another term for a true cell, I assume, is KHHV, kissless, hugless, hand holdless virgin. And then there's wizard, a man who is a virgin until the age of 30. That term makes not getting laid sound kind of cool, actually. Like you develop magical powers the longer you keep your ween away from vaginas. Uh, there's slayer, a man that can easily get casual sex from females. A close synonym is non cell. Uh, the wiki entry states that slayers are oftentimes also alpha males, naturally and enjoy a variety of privileges other men don't. These privileges include sharing a genuine mutual attraction with a woman, being the person who a woman has sex with between boyfriends, being the person a woman sexually rebounds from a breakup with, and being able to commit infidelity. Fucking slayers, bro! Pushing wizards aside and conquering that puss. Now for my favorite incel term. I've used it a bunch already. Chad. Chad is a man who can elicit near-universal positive female sexual attention at will. Fucking Chads, Alphas, Stacy Slayers. The generally agreed upon physical features that Chad possesses are significant height, muscular body, square jaw, hunter eyes, aka the ideal eye shape, according to incels. Vertically narrow, deeply set, hooded with a positive cantonal tilt and an interpupil distance within the normal range. Pronounced in high cheekbones, a broad and long chin, thick eyebrows, a short straight nose with an ideal philtrum to chin ratio, the philtrum being shorter, obviously, a strong bite, white teeth, large skull, thick neck, broad shoulders, body fat below 15%, and clean, 
exotic skin. What kind of skin is exotic? Uh, according to the incels, a chad is typically white, but there are names for ethnic variations. <laughs> a black chad is a Tyrone. <laughs> That's why I said that term a few times already. Described on the site as being commonly found in gangs or in insurance companies. They got to be joking around with some of this, right? Gangs or insurance companies. <laughs> That's a weird duality. An Indian Chad is a Chad Preet who is lighter skinned and taller than the average curry cell. A Chang uh, is a Chad of Asian ethnicity. A Chang is the polar opposite of his incel race fellow, the rice cell. Changs are rarer than Tyrones or Chads in the Western world due to Asian men having a shorter stature on average and due to being stereotyped as effeminate and <laughs> having a small penis size. Finally, the Italian equivalent is listed of a Chad, and that would be a Tommy. Maserati Bugatti Spaghetti, Maserati Bugatti Spaghetti, Maserati Bugatti Spaghetti, Luigi Pizza Pie, Luigi Pizza Pie, Luigi Pizza Pie, Maserati Bugatti Spaghetti, he's a get in a puss. And I know I just said <laughs> in a recent update that I would replace Bugatti with Ducati. But while the company Bugatti was German and French, the founder, Ettore Arco Isidoro Bugatti, was Italian. Of course he was. Why did I ever doubt myself? I'm an Italian masterclass instructor. Uh, thanks to the Meat Zacks who wrote in to point that out. Okay, now for probably my second favorite incel term. I've used it a lot already as well. Stacy. Stacy is a woman able to secure sexual intimacy with Chad. <laughs> Stacy is vain and obsessed with jewelry, makeup, and clothes. She is an entitled whore whose rich daddy funds her Caribbean vacations to go find herself. Uh, Stacy sees no need for intelligence or understanding, and despite her degenerate character, she will live a superior life to any incel solely based on her looks and inherited wealth. Wow, uh, they're so angry about Stacy's. Most of the rage is fueled by Stacy's. I kind of wish I was a Stacy right now. Uh, that life sounds fucking amazing. I wouldn't mind living a superior life based on good looks and inherited money. I mean, I mean, I do live a pretty charmed life thanks to your support. You know, thanks for that. But you know, I got to work for it. Like I got to put together episodes, even when I'm tired. Even if I have a cold, I got to hit deadlines. Work weekends sometimes. Got to sometimes skip the gym, miss out on opportunities with friends due to work. But if I was a Stacy, oh shit, I could just let overwhelming market desire for my tight, hot little Stacy puss and daddy's money carry me through life. I can play so many video games, get so much sleep. I can just stay in a hotel, live on room service, spend most of my day playing with my wet little Stacy clit, stroking that Stacy bean wing, squeezing my own nipples on my perky Stacy tits. Do it all without a care in the world. Delightful. Go, Stacy, go. Live the life the rest of us can only dream about. Hail, Lucifina. You're the top of the happiness pyramid. Enjoy it. Uh, next is Chad fishing. Chad fishing has famously been used to prove that personality does not matter. To chadfish someone basically means for a person who is not an attractive male to use one's picture to seduce someone, generally a woman who wouldn't give a non-chad the time of day. God, these whiny little incel fucks are truly so pathetic. I get why women, right? Just keep them out of their pussies at all costs. Real bunch of limp dick, crybaby, sad sacks. Uh, Lucifina just told me, by the way, that this subject has dried her puss up so much, she's very worried about it crumbling into dust. And I'm worried about the same thing happening to a lot of you Lady Sacks listening. What, what a terrible OBGYN visit you may have in your future. Where your doctor's like, oh my, oh, this is bad. Uh, your puss is completely gone. What did you do to it? 
I listened to Dan suck on incels, doctor, and my pussy just gave up and quit. When I took my panties off and hopped into bed, there was just a little pile of dust there. And then when I looked in the mirror, well, I started to scream. Uh, Next up is another female term, femoid. Femoid's a derogatory term used in the incel community to refer to a woman. Comes from the contraction of the words female and android to emphasize the icy nature of women. Another version of the expression is foid, and another derogatory term used in the incel community to refer to women in general is toilet. (laughs) Yeah, 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 toilet's pretty derogatory. Uh, So weird, these idiots can't get laid when they think of women in general as being toilets. Uh, There's all kinds of shit written on the femoid incel wiki page. They say, if you're an incel, then it's certain that femoids have either bullied or ignored you for your entire life. They all have either hybristophilia or psilorophobia, an attraction to men who commit crimes and or unsavory characters, a.k.a. assholes, and practice hypergamy. Because femoids are attracted to brutal or cruel men, leaving the nice guys in the dust, they harbor a secret shame. And in order to bury that shame, they cover up their sexuality with a sophisticated web of lies, feminism. Their hobbies include <laughs> their hobbies include twerking, feminism, and fake up. Uh, fake up, by the way, is wearing a lot of makeup, enough to make you look significantly more attractive than you really are. According to this incel site, it's part of a looks maxing strategy used by sexual gatekeepers, further defined as fake up or war paint, more commonly known by the euphemism makeup is the main looks maxing strategy used by sexual gatekeepers to date above their looks match. Sluts use makeup to outcompete other women in getting the attention of Chad. Traditionally, makeup had mainly been used as an identifier during war and was associated with raping and pillaging villages for resources and women. Today, femoids engage in mass psychological warfare against peaceful nice guys to drain them of their resources without giving sex in return. Basically, when women wear makeup, They're kind of raping nice guys, right? That they won't fucked. I think that's what these idiots mean. Next is Sexbot. (laughs) A mechanical and anthropomorphic machine, which resembles a woman, though removes all of her undesirable qualities, all the undesirable qualities of a live woman. They negate the need for women in society and are a viable alternative to women. Yes, here we fucking go, right? Sexbots. Sex robots, what a great way to marginalize incels further and keep them from getting too angry and harming society, right? If we can keep these dipshits happy by letting them fuck robots, I am so all for it, truly. Just stay in your basement, fuck your robots, right? Leave the rest of us alone, you losers. Sex robots will also really help keep incels as incels and thus keep their shitty, tiny-wristed, doe-eyed DNA from infecting the overall population. Eventually, most of them will just die off and the world will be full of nothing but the progeny of Chads, Giga Chads, Chad Lights, Brads, Tyrones, Changs, Chad Reets, Tommies, and everyone else who isn't a fucking loser incel. Go, Sexbots, go. Thanks for taking one for the team. Uh, thanks for taking, I imagine, so much beta and omega come three or four, maybe five times a day for the team. According to incels.wicca, wiki, some of the benefits of Sexbots are as follows. If you are disabled, the Sexbot does not mind your disability. The... <laughs> Uh, the very next one, the sex bot doesn't menstruate over your crotch. Right, because that just that just happens so much. Uh, the sex bot doesn't get headaches. Sex bots don't get jealous. Sex bots don't have religious texts banning their use. <laughs> Pretty funny. Sex bots more palatable for prudes, puritans, phallophobes, uh, urotophobes, erotophobes, and antisexualists. Phallophobia 
in its narrowest sense, is a fear of the penis. And in a broader sense, an excessive aversion to masculinity. Erotophobia is a specific phobia that causes an intense and persistent fear of female genitals. And erotophobia is a phobia or excessive and irrational fear of sex in general. I had no idea these phobias existed. I wonder if anyone out there is a true nymphomatic or nympho, nymphomaniac, there we go, sex addict, but also suffers from either phallophobia or urotophobia. Like, like what if you both desperately wanted to have sex uh, with women, but also truly terrified of their vaginas and breasts? Blowjobs, I guess. Uh, is the loophole genital? I'm not sure. More important sex bot benefits now. Uh, the sex bot won't leave you blue balled by coming too early. Right, because women coming first uh, during sex with men is just such a common, constant problem. Uh, the sex bot won't reach menopause. Uh, women still have sex after menopause, but whatever. Uh, the sex bot doesn't ghost you or reject you. <laughs> if you have a long penis, you can adjust the shallowness of the sex box or a sex bot. You can't adjust a real human cervix. Yeah, totally. Because uh, so many incels have such monster horse cocks. I highly doubt that's a common incel problem. If your penis is too short, you can adjust the size of the vagina. Uh, you can't with human women. Now we're talking. I imagine small cock problem is pretty common in the incel world. Uh, sex bots won't leave you for an alpha chad. Sex bots uh, don't care if you have not showered. Yeah, poor, poor hygiene. Probably also a pretty common problem in the incel world. Uh, sex bots won't give toothy blowjobs. Though this can be adjusted, which you can't do with a real woman. <laughs> uh, getting bad blowjobs, for sure not a problem in the incel world. I'm pretty sure these fuckers would be happy with the toothiest blowjob of all time. Uh, the sex bot can also play music during sex. And finally, sex bots don't talk. Okay, <laughs> only about 10 terms left, but really only five or six, then a category of terms with some subsets. Uh, starting off with a, another great one, pussy cartel. The pussy cartel refers to women's artificiality inflating the value of sex via price fixing. It is relatively easy for women to artificially inflate the value of sex when they desire initiating sex less than men. Sex is worth maybe $5 of a woman's time <laughs> and effort. But women know men will go insane without sex. So they collectively deny it to men. They force most men to invest hundreds, if not thousands of hours into resource security, job security, free drinks, <laughs> free transportation, free housing, etc., just for the possibility that they will get sex. <laughs> I love classifying women who won't just fuck any loser who walks into her life as engaging in price fixing. This is so good. I imagine Lindsay and her friends, like when she's hanging out with them with no guys around, just spending a lot of time, you know, talking about making pussy cartel moves. Wait, how many times have you fucked in last past month? And did you get any new jewelry at all? <laughs> oh, Lindsay, you have to either go buy a necklace right now or make sure not fuck him at all next month. If my husband finds out what's going on, he's going to try and push for getting laid way more and not pay me for it. You don't just lower the value of your pussy when you toss it around like that. You lower the value of the entire pussy cartel. Uh, next term is cheerleader. A female role in modern society wherein women encourage men to brutally compete with each other in displays of aggression and might makes right malice for female sexual attention. Cheerleaders do not have to be literally cheerleaders but can also be the women who offer their sexual intimacy to brutal and bullying men, right? Just another example of how women are responsible for everything bad, including toxic masculinity and fragile male insecurity. 
Vagina is on the list of terms. A bodily orifice which is possessed by female vertebrates. Among humans, this hole is used for four things. Giving birth, uh, shedding menstrual waste, baiting men into giving them resources, and pleasuring oneself as a leisure activity. (laughs) I I love baiting men into giving them resources. I picture some one night stand between a man and a woman right now. And just after the guy puts on his condom, like right before, you know, he, he goes to insert it. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What kind of, what kind of resources do you have? Uh, what resources will you be giving me if I indeed allow you to rent, uh, you to rent my vagina for a few minutes? On the female vagina, the site also states that the self-pleasuring aspect was traditionally carried out by a spouse, but increasingly women engage in self-pleasure through ever more sophisticated toys, such as dildos, as they are economically liberated. 21st century women have outright weaponized their vaginas by overvaluing it through the pussy pass and by threats of false vagina-related accusations. I have no idea what pussy pass means. Uh, I imagine it means that having a pussy gives you a pass for a lot of things in life. Like if you're some lowly incel, you got to buy your drinks at the bar. Uh, But if you have a pussy, you get a pass and you get them for free. Uh, something like that, I imagine. Uh, the phrase false vagina-related accusations links to a page titled rape that seems to be blocked to non-members of the site. However, if you hover over it, a pop-up with this sentence appears. This is disturbing. When men have something women have less of, such as money or power, women simply take it by force. I guess a few sentences. It's called affirmative action and feminists believe it's right. What women have that men don't is, of course, a pussy. And this mentality, mentality obviously so fucked. Apparently a lot of these losers actually think that men in general should truly be allowed to take whatever pussy they want. That women should literally not be able to withhold it from them, to reject them sexually. I, I don't think these idiots have thought about uh, how wildly insane and dystopian society would be if men were allowed to fuck whatever woman they wanted whenever they wanted to fuck her. Like for one thing, overall industrial productivity would plummet. So many guys would spend so much time fucking their female coworkers, right? Fucking women on the way to work, fucking women on their lunch breaks, that very little manufacturing and work in general would get done. Also, the mental health system we have would collapse due to far too much demand, right? The majority of the female population would soon need to be institutionalized thanks to the trauma of constantly being raped by the dregs of society. Also, STIs, out of control. Nearly all women, thus most men, would soon be riddled with venereal disease. And the homicide rate? Skyrockets. Right, with no police protection, women would have to start killing these losers in droves to keep them from constantly being fucked or find men to protect them. Guys who are not incel pieces of shit who care about women and don't want to see them constantly legally being raped would have to kill these misogynistic idiots in massive numbers. So much death, so much chaos. Most kids would grow up not knowing who their dads are, barely being raised by constantly fucked, mentally unhinged mothers, on and on. Society would truly collapse completely if rape was no longer a crime. And finally, thanks to vigilante justice, most weak little wrist-having pinhead incels will be fucking murdered. So in the end, the chads would still dominate and the uh, incels still would not get laid. Okay, one last group of terms now, starting with mogging. Mogging, a verbification and a pharisis of the acronym AMOG for alpha male of the group is the act of dominating another person. A person who mogs others is called a mogger. A person who gets mogged is a moggy or a mog victim. <laughs> and there's different ways of being mogged. You can be height mogged, being dominated by another man's height. You can be wrist mogged, <laughs> being dominated by another man with a thicker wrist. Has that literally 
ever happened one time in the history of humanity. There's no fucking way. There's no way that some guys out at a bar talking to some girl, things are going great, right? They're totally flirting with one another. Lots of eye contact, laughter. She's touching him. A lot of flirtatious, you know, conversation. But then some dude comes along who looks roughly the same, but has much bigger wrists. And she immediately loses interest. Uh, nice talking to you, Todd. <laughs> but I'm gonna go have a few drinks with Chad and then fuck his big wristed brains out. What? What did I do, Stacy? Look at your wrist, Todd. And then look at Chad's wrist. It's like the difference between a chubby little baby wrist and a lumberjack wrist. I mean, could you even pick me up and fuck me with those wrists, Todd? Or would your creepy little toddler hands pop off? How, how big could your dick possibly be with little wrists like that? No, I need thick wrists and some thick slayer cock, Todd. Go get a sex box or just cut yourself already. This is so absurd. Uh, you can also be skull mugged. <laughs> this might even be dumber than the wrist one. You can be dominated by a man with a better shaped or bigger skull. Because that happens a lot, you know? Some normal-headed dude <laughs> talking to some lady and then fucking Frankenstein shows up. Just steals her away. <laughs> Next... Uh, even dumber, foreskin mock. When an intact male undermines a circumcised male, uh, for example, in a locker room. You know what? As dumb as this one sounds, this one's probably real. Uh, I think I've had this happen to me a few times in some some locker rooms. And it was brutal. Like I was just like heading like to the shower, you know, with my average size, circumcised, Brad, maybe even honestly, Melvin Cock, uh, swaying in the breeze. I'll explain Melvin later. And then someone just drops something in front of me. I go pick it up. And bam, mushroom stamped right in the forehead with the tip of some old uncircumcised uh, Chad Hawk, right? And then they usually get everyone's attention, you know, to let them know I've been bested. <laughs> Check out this pathetic Melvin and his half cock. Doctor should have left you a little more skin, loser. You could use it. And then everyone in the locker room just busts out into loud mocking laughter for several minutes while I cry and get dressed. Finally, you can be dick mogged. <laughs> to dick mog is to mog another person when wearing sweatpants. Or some, some other form of discernible clothing by having a larger moose knuckle. Hence, presumably, a bigger penis than the other. Although dick mogging, evident through the moose knuckle, usually implies a larger penis, that is not always the case. For example, some men simply have testicles which hang relatively high and compressed. This high position of the testicles means that his genitalia is pushed forwards, thus creating the illusion of a large package. God, I fucking hate it when some big-nutted, sweatpants-wearing, giant-headed, thick-wristed giga-chad shows up at the party and takes all the stasis. All these terms feel like they were written by an especially immature, angry, and frankly stupid 15-year-old. <laughs> it's fucking insane. I, I, I love this, the thought that women are like at parties, like looking around at guys like sweatpants, being like, who's got the biggest moose knuckle? That's why I'm betting my future on. Uh, now let's look at some interesting incel rating scales. Right after the second of today's two mid-show sponsor breaks. Thanks for staying with me. Time for some odd incel scales now. One of the most bizarre aspects of incel culture is its obsession with hierarchies and standardized systems of classification. As we know, the incels believe themselves to be unfairly disadvantaged, marginalized, and subjected to the lowest rung of the societal ladder, and there's nothing they can do about it. The most important uh, system of measurement to the incel, it seems, is the decil scale, also known as the attractiveness scale. Each number out of 10 has a corresponding name or character to refer to people of that rating. First, we'll go through the men's scale, uh, each rating's characteristics. Then, I guess, go over the lady bullshit scale. 10s. Considered attractive by 99% of females. Square face with masculine features and hunter eyes. 
The top of the top, 10 out of 10 males are known as gigachads. A gigachad will never know the agony of sexual frustration or fuckstration that comes with being an incel, right? I am so sick of getting dick and wrist mocked by gigachads, right? They've got me in a permanent state of fuckstration, mother. My zapples are at maximum fuckstration. The gigachad is actually a meme that is circulated all around the web. Many of you might be familiar with it, but probably didn't know it came from incel communities, uh, specifically from looksism, lookism forums. Vice has dedicated articles specifically to how disturbing lookism forums are. Uh, the man in the gigachad meme may or may not be a real dude, uh, possibly the product of AI or Photoshop. If he's real, I, I don't think he's real. Uh, he was a model for Lithuanian photographer Krista Sudmalis, and his name is Ernest Kalimov. Very little info on, about him on the, on the web, except he's supposedly a Russian bodybuilder and fitness model. You can find a bunch of pics of him posing on his Instagram profile, Berlin.1969, uh, a profile probably ran by Krista. Uh, she created just a fuck with incels. Nines, nearly a 10, but the jaw isn't quite as chiseled. Eyes aren't as sharp. Nine out of 10s are just known as chads. And although the term gigachad is basically a joke, even to incels, chads are passionately and violently hated on incel forums. Chads are despised for being the beneficiaries of the sexual revolution and for getting to enjoy things in life incels are denied. Eights, objectively good-looking, but looks suffer from three or more mild flaws. Girls will call you cute or handsome. Eight out of ten guys are called chad lights or lower-tier chads. Love the term chad light. Uh, chad lights can move up a level by gym maxing or beard maxing. Chad lights are apparently dangerous <laughs> because women are both attracted to their good looks and their inappropriate behavior because, and I quote, one of the main benefits of being a Chad Light is that you can do creepy and weird stuff to women without being called weird or creepy. Pretty disturbing that incels wish they could do creepy and weird shit to women. Uh, sevens, well above average. Women will still rate you as being average. Sevens suffer from at least one or more major physical flaw, like this nose on the right. <laughs> and the nose being referred to in the official chart is that of incredibly successful actor and filmmaker John Krasinski. <laughs> Married to Emily Blunt. If John Krasinski is only a seven, what the fuck am I, a four? Uh, seven uh, men are called mid-tier normies. They are on average shorter than Chad's and Chad Lights. Don't make a lot of money, but have a good, stable job. Prior to the damn sexual revolution that ruined everything, a mid-tier normie had no problem finding a wife. Uh, sixes. Females will say he's all right, I guess. Barely has attractive features. Not likely to be an incel, but finds much more trouble dating than sevens. Sixes are called brads or mid-tier normies. They are moderately attractive and generally believe themselves to be higher on the scale than they actually are because brads do not know their place in the dominance hierarchy. Femoids can sense this and will shit test brads to see if they are alpha or beta. The example used to demonstrate people with barely attractive features is British actor, writer, and Academy Award winner Daniel uh, Kaluuya, uh, who starred in Jordan Peele's directorial debut of Get Out. If Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Kaluuya uh, is only a six, fuck, no, no way I'm more than a three. I wonder if he knows he's a six on this scale. Uh, his longtime girlfriend is Amandla Critchlow. She's beautiful, smart, stylish, successful producer. I don't think the six is having a hard time dating. Probably listed as a six because he is black. The incel attractiveness scales are uh, pretty racist. The height of beauty, according to incels, again, ultra gorgeous white people. Non-European facial features believe to deduct from one's overall attractiveness and they consistently perpetuate this on their online forums and discussions. Have these fuckers never heard of Idris Elba? Uh, he is black and he has to be a giga chat. My wife, Lindsay, loves me. She's very faithful. 
Uh, but I am pretty sure that if I was standing at like the top of a flight of stairs and I was in between Lindsay and Idris, who was waiting for her sexually at the bottom, I would immediately be thrown down those stairs. Fives, neither attractive nor unattractive. These males will encounter significant trouble when looking for a spouse. Uh, <laughs> fives are known as tanners. Average in every way uh, and another mid-tier normie, just like their brethren, Brad. Fours, only a few fours succeed in matching with ones or twos. Female, ones and twos. Some are called soy boys because they put up with cheating to get laid. Four out of 10 males are the lowest tier who are still considered to be a normie on the decil scale, often referred to as either a low tier normie or as a Melvin. <laughs> Amongst their fellow normies, they are at the bottom of the barrel, uh, but to an incel, they're privileged and something to aspire to be. An incel would happily trade one of their tiny, shriveled up, useless nuts to be a Melvin. Threes. People will bully you because of your looks. Lowest possible ranking male to still have a chance to pay a prostitute to lose their virginity. I love that apparently one and twos are so unbelievably unfuckable. There is not a sex worker alive who <laughs> would fuck them. Would you uh, please, pray, please accept this briefcase full of $100,000 in cash to let me put my tiny penis in your vagina for no more than a minute? What? Gross! Get the fuck out of here, you fucking two. If you were a three, maybe. If you were a Melvin, no prob. I would happily fuck a Melvin for $100,000. But I, I'd rather die than touch your mega male dick. Ratings one to three on the decil scale also correlate to the incel spectrum. Three as uh, also called incelish men, semi-cells, near-cells, quasi-cells, or failed normies. Highest in the bottom category of this ridiculous hierarchy have yet to give up completely on the desire to climb the social ladder and increase their standing in the dominance hierarchy. They often have had a good childhood for some reason and have at least some good memories from school. Even though it is highly unlikely that any woman will give them a hand job, let alone fuck them, they're still welcome to partake in social activities, like going to parties and drinking. They can theoretically still have sex, but as prominent incel figures and uh, as prominent incel figure and user on incel.co, Mainlander explains, they have way less sex and with way lower quality girls than what they would need to find it minimally satisfactory. Well, thanks, Mainlander. Uh, always appreciate the wisdom you have to offer. Twos possess several serious flaws in facial structure. Females say, ooh, look at that creep. I bet he's a serial killer. Twos are for sure incels and smack dab in the middle of the incel spectrum because they might, might have experienced sex or romance in the past if they raped somebody or maybe tricked a blind woman. Or something into fucking them. And then one's actually preferable to being a two or three because someone might pity fuck slash date you. The majority of women consider one to threes to be subhuman. I love the lack of consistency in all this, right? They, they just said that not even a sex worker could be paid to fuck a one or a two. But now they're saying that sometimes being a one is better than being a three. Ones on the dominance hierarchy are also known as true cells or omega males. Not only are they the lowest in the dominance hierarchy, they're considered subjected to the lowest rung of the social ladder. They have no access to mating, sex, or money, and other things distributed unevenly in society. Okay, now that we've covered the male scale, uh, let's go over the female scale. I'm uh, guessing you uh, have a good idea of how terrible it's going to be. Tens, perfectly conventionally attractive. It is impossible to fail at life. If you become homeless, a modeling scout will scoop you up in under a day. <laughs> 10 out of 10 women are, of course, known as gigastases. They're the counterpart of gigachads. Gigastases are goddesses on earth with a very large wardrobe, lots of jewelry, luxury shoes, and accessories. 
They typically have very long blonde hair, an hourglass figure, flat stomach, missile-like breasts, a high metabolism, don't wear makeup, and full hair composition, arched back as a natural standing position. They've really thought a lot about this. Full thick lips, feminine voice, but not too loud, (laughs) and some semblance of shyness, but not enough to be a social repellent. All the images of women on the site meant to illustrate what a Stacey or Giga Stacey look like are white. And I have no way to prove this, but one of the images titled Examples of Stacy's shows a picture of a girl who, to me, looks like no more than the age of 12. Several others look to be around 15, 16 as well, which is pretty creepy. Apparently, uh, to be a 10, you not only have to be white with perfect looks, but you should probably be, you know, under the age of 18. Nines says you're still on easy street here, but it will take you longer to get scouted than a 10. Anyone considers you to be beautiful and sexy. Nines or Stacy's. You know, we met earlier in the vocab section, counterparts of Chad. Uh, She oftentimes is also surrounded by a group of orbiters or low tier normies who invest time or finances in her hope, in her, in hopes of gaining her affection. Okay, they got a little harem, got a little gaggle of uh, other people around them. Eights, you're very attractive. You will constantly be bombarded by thirsty men. Men will spend their entire life savings to keep you in a relationship with them. Eights are known as Stacy Lights or low tier Stacy's. They match in looks with Chad lights. You can identify a Stacy light as opposed to a Stacy by their inclination towards ghosting, doesn't wear makeup, only has to brush her teeth and moisturize her face, and have gone through very little negative experiences in life. Sevens. <laughs> Your sexual rejection rate is 4%. Unless you are approved, you will have at least 20 sexual partners before marrying. Now, 4%, that's a very specific number. Not, not 5%, that's too high. No way a seven will get rejected by 5% of the men she's trying to fuck. But yeah, four out of every 10, 100 guys is like, like no thanks. Uh, sevens are called high-tier Beckys. Their looks match being high-tier normies. Uh, for reference, Pam from The Office is the example of a seven out of 10 woman. Jenna Fisher? Only a seven? Huh. Sixes, people call you pretty and cute. You can use your charm and above-average looks to cheese your way through a career. Six out of 10 women are called Beckys, <laughs> like their counterparts, Brad's. Only slightly above average attractiveness. However, despite being subordinate to Stacy's, Beckys will nonetheless ignore around 80% of men, including their looks match. Fucking Becky! Just straight up ignoring her look match. That's so Becky. The nerve of these Becky-ass bitches. Uh, fives, perfectly average. You're not ugly, but you're not beautiful. You'll be pursued by male fives, but will reject them in favor of a chance of being with an eight or nine. Five five out of 10 women are considered low-tier Beckys with an average sexual market value. Four, rare. Just the right level to get with any level five, six, or seven male. As a result, fours can have dozens of sexual partners. These women ride the proverbial cock carousel and settle with male fives. Riding the proverbial cock carousel. Sounds pretty fun for anybody into cocks. When I was single, I would have loved to find a, to have found a, a pussy carousel. Uh, four women are often called Gertrudes <laughs> or female low tier normies, FLTNs. Oh, Gertrudes. So great. Sorry to any Gertrudes listening, but I'm pretty sure you already uh, were familiar with your name not being a go-to for describing a sexy woman. Gertrudes are insecure. And most of the women that complain about men seeking sexual pleasure from a mechanical or anthropomorphic machine meant to resemble a real woman are apparently Gertrude's. However, these FLTNs are apparently oblivious to the notion that male desire for sex bots as an alternative 
is a, is a direct consequence of the incessant female pattern of validation seeking of whom FTLNs are a fundamental bedrock. Oh boy. Uh, sounds like once high quality sex bots become readily available, Gertrude's are going to be shit out of luck, right? Tossed into the unfuckable pile with all the incels who would rather fuck a sex doll than ride Gertrude's dirty old rusty ass bike. The lowest, uh, okay, three is next. The lowest you will date is a four. You may even get a six. Either way, you're not ugly enough to have a limited amount of potential partners. Also known as a femcell-ish or femcell light, threes can apparently come in all shapes and sizes. A femcell light is more dateable than a two or a one. And depending on what causes her inseldom, she might be able to ascend the hierarchy. Men of higher ranks will still occasionally pursue a three if she has some sort of disability or disorder that makes her appear weak as it will, quote, awaken the male predatory instinct to go after her. (laughs) What the fuck? As well as the male provisioning and protective instinct to take care of her. Okay. Twos. Marries a desperate four or five male. Has had two to eight sexual partners before the age of 30. Very specific numbers again. Twos are sometimes also known as femcells. Maybe. Quite a bit of disagreement amongst heterosexual male insoles on whether or not femcells even exist. Most incels seem to believe that women, no matter what they look like, will always be able to access sexual relations with a man due to a surplus of desperate men in society. And women could thus never understand the real agony that a true incel experiences. Once, like male once, you are conventionally hideous. (laughs) Jesus. But male sixes will pity date you. Male fours will go for you because they've lost hope. (laughs) Ones are called true femcels, but again, Disagreement amongst incels, if a true femcell can even exist. Uh, the page states that only a woman with a horribly disgust, only a woman with horribly disgusting lesions covering her entire body cannot have sex with someone else. <laughs> okay. We've made it through a very intellectual discussion of many of the always idiotic, often cruel, and always unnecessary incel terms. Now it's time to explore some of their uh, forums and sites. Careful where you are if you choose to look at this shit. Some disturbing and upsetting content. Incel.is was made by two disgruntled men after the Reddit page or subreddit R Incel got banned in 2017 for glorifying and inciting violence against women. Oh, and also for straight up advocating rape. Incel.is was the response to that banning, and so it comes as no surprise that it is staunchly anti-censorship. It is self-described as, quote, a community for men that struggle with or are unable to get into romantic relationships with women despite trying. We welcome men from all walks of life and from all cultural and racial backgrounds as long as you are an incel. At the time of new researcher Molly Box's initial look into this topic a few weeks ago, the website had 23,311 members, uh, over 11 million posts, and about half a million threads. Only incels are allowed to join the site in theory, but obviously there's no way to positively identify no, uh, you know, an incel. Uh, the site defines incels as men who are over the age of 18 who want to get into a sexual romantic relationship but are unable to do so. Women, LGBTQ uh, individuals, strictly forbidden. The warning states that any person of such kind will be banned on site. No exceptions. This is a heterosexual male-only forum. Uh, the site has a list of community guidelines, which I suppose they had to enact in order to keep the website a safe space to protect their fragile, tiny, wrist-having little pinhead insult brothers. Here are a few directly from the site. Do not persecute, harass, or attack others. Do not discuss your personal romantic or sexual experiences unless it was paid sex, even if it happened a long time ago. I love that one. Don't talk about getting laid, dude! 
the whole fucking point of being here is to bitch about not getting laid. If you wanted to hear about all the fucking you're doing, uh, we we go visit uh, www.chad.wet.satisfied.puss. Uh, more rules do not humble brag, such as subtly praising your own features. Example: I'm an incel, even though I'm muscular and six foot two. Uh, do not post in all caps. That one cracks me up. I feel like that rule was not there when the site was launched. That rule was created in response to a lot of crazy all caps rants. Do not worship or praise people. <laughs> Jesus, don't praise people. Do not post illegal content. No gay or LGBT content unless you're criticizing it. Do not post animal abuse content. Do not sexualize minors in any way, shape, or form. But then there's a helpful disclaimer at the bottom of the community guidelines. that says, these rules are very flexible. After spending too much time on this site, a considerable amount where I could feel myself getting dumber by the minute, minute something uh, tells me that these uh, this only applies to some of the rules. Like I imagine they're militant about banning uh, gay content. Uh, I bet they monitor that like fucking hawks. But the rule against sexualizing minors seems to be real flexible. Quite a bit of elbow room there. Site has two major sections, the forums and its blog. Anyone can go and read the posts, but to be able to post yourself, you have to uh, apply to the administrators. To do so, you have to submit your name, age, email, sex, and write a paragraph explaining how you're an incel and why you want to join. On the site, users can add different labels to their post to indicate its theme, basically uh, hashtags. Some of the tags include serious, experiment, life fuel, rage fuel, suicide fuel. It's over. Just for laughs, theory, story, and NSFW. So many horrible posts. Uh, For example, one post tag venting by a user named Mentally Lost Cell, November 29th, reads, The girls in my class, one of them has a top-tier ass. One of them is a Stacy." And she was wearing yoga pants and her ass was so juicy and curvy and great for fuck's sake. I wanted to touch, squeeze, and insert my penis into her ass and ejaculate my insides to her. This bitch had auburn hair too, fucking sluts. I, th- I thanked about her. I th- think you meant to say think. There's a lot of misspellings here. I thinked about her while jerking off with an okay condom. All right. Uh, the number one comment under this post was by a user named Leech Maxed Kikesell. Oh my God. Who wrote... Just rape that fucking meat hole. The original poster commented back, I wish. Another user commented beneath that, do it, do it, do it, do it. When a user named 000 wrote to take creep shot, the original poster wrote, I'll try. Another user advised, why not just record her by a small camera and put it in your suit disguise, like a button and record hot girls without them knowing. To which mentally lost cell respond, I try to do that, but fail sadly, LOL. He also responded to one comment asking what she looked like with a picture of a young girl in a bikini. In the photo, she looks like she knows she's being photographed and is fine with it, so I'm guessing it's just some random uh, Instagram screenshot. Post has over 100 comments, most of them urging the original poster to rape the girl, telling him that she deserves it, asking him to take videos and pictures of her without her consent, offering more advice on how to do that. One user named WaffleMaster205 wrote, How I like, I use a phone camera recording a girl at my cafeteria. She was hot. Her belly button was gorgeous. I fantasized having sex with her and putting my finger into her tummy. Like all I did was pretend I was texting and made my phone black so they don't notice I was recording. Almost all of them are written this poorly, by the way. This is a fucking, just huge collection of idiots. In another post by user, therapy was a waste. He writes about not seeing his one-itis in a long time and asks his fellow incels if they think she's leaving early or something on purpose to avoid me. 
Most commenters reply yes, she probably is, and others venture that he might as well just rape her. A lot of, lot of rape talk on this. When someone asked what the girl looked like, therapy, waste, therapy was a waste attached two very bad hand-drawn sketches of who he called his six-foot-tall Puerto Rican Stacy. After spending as much time on incel.is as I could endure without throwing my laptop in the fucking driveway, then crushing it beneath my truck tires as I drive into the woods to start a new life away from the rest of society, it's clear that most posts on the site follow, you know, similar themes. Advocating rape, violence towards women, hatred towards Chad's and Stacy's. Another recent post by user Robin Kingston says, every blood cell in my bean just boils with rage. Whenever I see Chad's, I wish I could punch their face until it breaks. Not only are they the main reason I'm not having sex, not only do they refuse to put women back in their place, but they're getting away with it. And having sex, they're pretending everything is all right when it's clearly not. Good Lord, do I wish every Chad on the planet would just die. Uh, just a note for the listener again, every single there uh, is misspelled and used incorrectly in this post. Uh, almost all these posts, again, just fucking rife with a lot of grammatical problems, a lot of like, what are you trying to say? Like, I, I would guess not a strong correlation between users of this incel site and members of the National Honor Society. Another post by a now deleted user says, women, lower your expectations or else men will have to become incels and kill you. We literally keep saying that we are nice kind, decent people who don't manipulate us. I think he's trying to say like, please don't manipulate us. One post describes what appeared to be a fictitious story about a man murdering a woman who rejected him, who then went on to take photos of her dead naked body in sexual positions. Attached to the post, uh, which was marked NSFW, multiple photos of naked women lying on a, on a bed with their eyes closed. Uh, popular comments under the post include one man writing, it's always a pleasure seeing women get what they deserve. Another by the same user said, girls not getting their neck slashed for being whores, challenge impossible. Jesus. Uh, although the post appeared to be fake because the user alleged that the photographs were legitimate, we did report that post to the Internet Crime Complaint Center. Yeah, fuck these clowns. Uh, not that we are now, excuse me, that we're adequately familiar with incel ideology and how horrific it is. Let's go over a, a smaller timeline of the last nine or so years of real world violence in the U.S. and Canada that incel thought has led to to illustrate exactly how dangerous this ideology really is. Strap on those boots, soldier. We're marching down a time-suck timeline. On May 23rd, 2014, 22-year-old Elliot Roger committed two terror attacks in Isla Vista, California. He referred to them as his day of retribution. That sorry sack of shit killed six people all University of California Santa Barbara students, two women, four guys, and included 14, uh, injured 14 more through gunfire, stabbing, and also ramming his car into other vehicles. After committing the atrocities, a self-identified incel shot himself in the head in the back of his black BMW. None of his victims uh, looked like bro Chads or Uppity Stacys at all, by the way. Elliot's family was one of moderate influence and privilege. His dad, Peter Roger, a British cinematographer and photographer who was the assistant director of The Hunger Games, Elliot, born in 1991 in London, where he and his family lived until 1996, when they moved to California so Peter could further his career in Hollywood. In an interview with ABC News, Peter spoke positively of his son's childhood, saying, it was really wondrous. Those first four or five years of his life, it was wondrous. He was really an adorable, cute little boy. When his parents got divorced at age seven, things went downhill for Elliot. Uh, we know this because of Peter's recollection of his son's struggles with mental health and because of Elliot's 
self-published piece of shit manifesto he titled My Twisted World, The Story of Elliot Roger. The 141-page document is essentially a pathetic, appalling, moronic, quasi-autobiography that is somehow both obscenely self-deprecating and dripping with self-pity, while also exuding a level of narcissism and ego that will make almost any reader, unless they're an incel, queasy. Tells us a lot about the thought systems he associated with and that were promoted by incel culture and, you know, a terrifying demonstration of violent misogyny. Also reads, not surprisingly, like a fucking fourth grader wrote it. A very stupid and arrogant fourth grader. In his manifesto, Elliot tells a story of his life and the events that led up to his day of retribution. He, of course, takes zero responsibility whatsoever for his upcoming actions. Uh, Here's an excerpt from the introduction. Humanity. All my suffering on this world has been at the hands of humanity, particularly women. It has made me realize just how brutal and twisted humanity is as a species. All I ever wanted was to fit in and live a happy life amongst humanity. But I was cast out and rejected, forced to endure an existence of loneliness and insignificance, all because the females of the human species were incapable of seeing the value in me. This is the story of how I, Elliot Roger, came to be. This is the story of my entire life. It is a dark story of sadness, anger, and hatred. It is a story of war against cruel injustice. In this magnificent story, I will disclose every single detail about my life, every single significant experience that I have pulled from my superior memory, as well as how those experiences have shaped my views of the world. This tragedy did not have to happen. I didn't want things to turn out this way, but humanity forced my hand. And this story will explain why. My life didn't start out dark and twisted. I started out as a happy and blissful child, living my life to the fullest in a world I thought was good and pure. Uh, Elliot spends the, a good portion of the manifesto talking about the female cruelty he endured and complaining about his elementary and middle school trauma. He talks about his early life experiences with an exceptional amount of detail, recalling the names of classmates, giving exact locations, explaining the nuances of his elementary school social landscape with an embarrassing degree of specificity, like a degree of detail that only fucking psychos who refuse to let go of the tiniest perceived slights ever exhibit. Uh, Here's a bit more from his junior high days. Elliot wrote that his first encounter with female cruelty happened the summer between elementary and middle school when his mother forced him to attend the Pinecrest summer camp in their very upscale hometown of Woodland Hills, California. One day while at camp, Elliot wrote that an incident happened that would scar him for life. The incident in question was his friends tickling him, which apparently was something people always did because he was very ticklish. My God, no wonder he did what he did. He had no choice. He was tickled for fuck's sake. While being tickled, he accidentally bumped into a pretty girl who was taller than him. Supposedly, she responded by angrily cursing and pushing him over embarrassing him in front of his ticklers holy shit i didn't realize it was this bad for him i mean who could ever possibly recover from an incident like that he wrote i immediately froze up and went into a state of shock i couldn't believe what had happened cruel treatment from women is 10 times worse than from men it made me feel like an insignificant unworthy little mouse i felt so small and vulnerable I couldn't believe that this girl was so horrible to me, and I thought that it was because she viewed me as a loser. 
That was the first experience of female cruelty I endured, and it traumatized me to no end. It made me even more nervous around girls, and I would be extremely weary and cautious of them from that point on. I felt relieved when summer camp ended. That experience with the mean girl ruined it for me. Hell, it ruined a part of my life! Wow, Elliot was such a weak-minded little bitch. Uh, one girl thought you were a fucking loser? Get over it, you piece of shit. Oh, you're dead, though. Uh, almost all of us have had embarrassing childhood moments with members of whatever gender we're attracted to. God. When I was a senior, I was hanging out with uh, other kids at school during a lunch break. Someone brought up like fingering or some kind of, I don't know, fucking more than making out, but not quite like that vaginal sex or something. And in front of all my friends, this popular girl uh, pointed out how I probably had no idea what everyone was talking about because I was not just a virgin, but so pathetically sexually inexperienced, right? I barely kissed any girls, which was true. Everyone had a good laugh my expense, uh, not long before that, one of the few girls I did kiss told everyone in school how I was a terrible kisser, that I even have a tongue. I didn't know how to kiss. Uh, and there were you know, plenty of other moments because I was a, a big dork, you know, grade school, junior high, high school, all of it. Did that make me hate women? Did it make me want to shoot up my school? No, not even close. Made me want to leave high school, right? Leave my town, hopefully be able to reinvent myself a bit in college, which I did even though I for sure had more embarrassing moments with girls. You know what? I kept trying to figure out how to date, eventually did figure it out to an adequate degree and life was fine. Not perfect. You know, I continue to have embarrassing moments now. Life for no one I know at least is some just fucking never ending string of highlight real victories. Sometimes you have great moments. Other times you're the butt of the joke and that is just life. Don't let your best, highest moments make you cocky. Don't let your worst, lowest moments define you. You just do your best to keep marching forward and have the best attitude you can have about it all. The worst thing you can do is employ this bullshit victim mentality and, and dwell on your defeats and start hating society and double down on this fucking loser bullshit uh, that these incels employ. Highly doubt any of the incels active in these forums. People like Elliot are fucking happy on any level. I doubt spending more and more time spouting all this hate is helping them improve their lives in any tangible way. It just makes them more angry, more bitter. So why do it? Elliot's manifesto is filled with other passages like the one describing his tickling trauma. If he wasn't dead, I kind of want to fucking bring him back and beat him to death. Uh, lengthy, juvenile, vindictive tirades about how much he, he hated and deeply envied his peers that he perceived to be popular. He was jealous of what he called their aggressive and confident behavior. And while he hated them and thought they were annoying, also craved their approval and, and wished he was just like them. And this all led to a, a big revelation. The popular boys were obnoxious jerks. And yet somehow it was these boys who all the girls flocked to. This showed me that the world was a brutal place and human beings were nothing more than savage animals. Everything my father taught me was proven wrong. He raised me to be a polite, kind gentleman. In a decent world, that would be ideal. But the polite, kind gentleman doesn't win in the real world. The girls don't flock to the gentleman. They flock to the alpha male. They flock to the boys who appear to have the most power and status. And it was a ruthless struggle to reach such a height. So stupid. Uh, do not fall into the trap of thinking that the rest of your life is going to be like high school. Young meat sacks struggling out there socially. Listen the fuck up this old man for a second let me give you some unsolicited advice yes 
high school sucks in many ways for many of us because you have to be around a lot of idiots you don't want to be around in order to go to class, right? But once you're out, you will have so much more freedom, a lot more freedom to choose who you associate with. You'll choose where you work, right? Like what kind of work you have to some extent and thus who your coworkers are. You can get a different job if you don't like your coworkers. In the workplace, bullies also not generally tolerated like they are in school. Please do not fall for thinking that your junior high or high school environment is just going to be the environment you're going to have to face the rest of your life. In addition to whining about uh, being uncool in middle school and getting you know relentlessly bullied for being a gentleman, Elliot also spends a good portion of the manifesto talking about having sex or more accurately, not having sex. One day I found some posts on the internet about teenagers having sex and I was once again reminded of the life I had been denied. I felt that no girl would ever want to have sex with me and I developed extreme feelings of envy, hatred, and anger towards anyone who had a sex life. I saw them as the enemy. I felt condemned to live a life of lonely celibacy while other boys were allowed to experience the pleasures of sex all because girls didn't want me. I felt inferior and undesirable. This time, however, I couldn't just stand by and accept such an injustice anymore. I refused to continue hiding away from the world and forgetting about all the insults it dealt to me. I began to have fantasies of becoming very powerful and stopping everyone from having sex. I wanted to take their sex away from them, just like they took it away from me. I saw sex as an evil and barbaric act, all because I was unable to have it. Weird that he seems to understand how his view on things is pretty stupid, not natural. But, you know, just continues to employ that view of the world. Uh, Elliot's entitlement and jealousy permeates the entire text and is very reflective of the shitty ideology we just spent a lot of time going over, right? That insultum promotes. The ideology of a community that now canonizes Elliot for his crimes. He's a big name. Like I said, the incel community, the biggest. Some see him as a true martyr for the incel cause, a victim who gloriously struck back against the dehumanizing social system that made his life unlivable. Ironically, he was a pretty handsome guy. Right? All of the shit was just in his head. He could have just fucking done some therapy instead of, you know, becoming a piece of shit mass shooter. Uh, Elliot also posted a video online prior to his rampage during which he made a series of horrifying statements, including, I'm going to enter the hottest sorority house. I will slaughter every single spoiled, stuck-up blonde slut I see inside there. All those girls I've desired so much. They have all rejected me and looked down on me as an inferior man if I ever made a sexual advance towards them while they throw themselves at these obnoxious brutes. He also wrote, well, now I will be a God compared to you. You will all be animals. You are animals and I will slaughter you like animals. I'll be a God exacting my retribution on all those who deserve it. And you do deserve it just for the crime of living a better life than me. And also the popular kids, you never accepted me and now you will all pay for it. Girls, all I ever wanted was to love you, be loved by you. I wanted a girlfriend. I wanted sex, love, affection, adoration. I think by adoration, he meant unconditional worship. Uh, And then finally, one more. Soon, I will show this cruel world of Chads, Brads, Tyrones, Changs, Tommies, and even Melvins, a world of Stacys, Stacy Lights, Giga Stacys, Beckys, and even Gertrudes. What happens when you push an incel down for too long? Yes, my wrists are tiny, but my will is strong. My skull may be small. I am so so small, I am forced to shop for baseball caps at Gap Kids, Jimboree, at the children's place. But my mind is sharp. My mid-face ratio, weak chin, and lack of discernible jawline may reflect poor hunter skills, and yet I can and will still go hunting. 
my tiny, tiny dick, no more than an inch and a half when truly hard and barely protruding past a mangy sea of wispy pubes, might not be ideal for protection or procreation, but it is still capable of pleasure. Okay, maybe Ellie didn't write all that. <laughs> Shit. I just wanted to mock that pathetic fuck with some goofy insult terminology. Uh, over the course of the day, the 22-year-old ins- Elliot Roger declared war on women. The incel killed six people. And again, only two of them were women, ironically. And he injured 14 others. Over the past nine plus years, since his horrible act in death, others who can't get laid and blame everyone but themselves have found inspiration in Elliot's final acts and have cited him as an influence when it comes to carrying out unspeakable acts of their own. On December 7th, 2017, another incel and also a neo-Nazi, William Edward Atchison, who craved celebrity for his own mass shooting, shot up Aztec High School in New Mexico, killed two students, Francisco Fernandez and Casey Marquez. Uh, Billy Little Wrist Micropene, very active in a lot of incel forums, had multiple usernames on many websites, one of them just straight up future mass shooter, and referenced Elliot Roger as well as other mass shooters frequently. That little-wristed, pinheaded micropene wished he was a Melvin uh, coward uh, shot himself before police could apprehend him. On April 23rd, 2018, in a rented white Chevy cargo van, Alec Manazian drove directly over the curb and into a crowded sidewalk in Toronto. This waste of fucking space uh, sped southbound down the sidewalk, swerving the car to hit as many female pedestrians as possible. Then crossed the other side of the street, continued to strike down pedestrians, never hit the brakes, Eventually, a Toronto police officer, Constable Ken Lamb, intercepted the van. Uh, Manassian exited the car, pointed what at first appeared to be a handgun at Lamb, urged him to shoot. The constable realized that Manassian did not have a gun, but was holding his leather wallet. He withdrew his nightstick, screamed for the driver to lay down on the sidewalk. When the perpetrator did, he promptly apprehended him. The entire rampage lasted around 10 minutes. 16 people injured, 10 killed. Eight of the murdered people, women, uh, as were the majority of those who were injured. This incel told police he was proud of what he had just done, felt a sense of accomplishment. He also canonized Roger, and the bio of his Facebook page read, The incel revolution has begun. Following the attack on incel forums, Alec Manassian underwent a canonization of his own. Many users began referring to him as a saint, hailing him as a hero. One user wrote of Manassian, Spread the name, speak of his sacrifice for our cause, worship him, for he gave us life for our future. He gave you life? Not sure I understand that logic, right? Are girls suddenly now more interested in you fucking crybabies because he killed some innocent women? Nope. Uh, still jerking off alone in mama's basement using your fucking tears for lube? Yeah, well, then nothing's changed. How was his act important anyway? Other users uh, considered Manassian's rampage to be a call to action for all incels to begin murdering and raping women. One user wrote on incel.me, I want to see some mass food poisoning deaths, maybe a pipe bomb or two. Or hopefully somebody finally uses a fucking truck to just ram down females during a school parade or something. Mix it up a little. June 13, 2022, Manassian sentenced to life in prison. And hopefully in prison, he finally uh, has a very active sex life. Not not one that he wants, (laughs) but I hope he has one. I hope he is uh, known as uh, Alec Bottom Bunk Massassian. Alec Prison Wallet, now way too too loose to hold loose change, Manassian. November 2nd, 2018. Six people shot, two killed in a Florida yoga studio by a self-identified incel. 40-year-old Scott Paul Beerley entered hot yoga Tallahassee in the evening carrying a new yoga mat, still in a shrink-wrapped plastic packaging, and a black fitness bag. In that bag, he uh, concealed a Glock 9mm. He told the woman standing at the front desk he was there to attend the 5.30 uh, class. His name was Scott Paul. 
There were only 11 students registered for the class that evening, and Scott Paul uh, was not one of them. When he learned the number of students in attendance, he seemed disappointed, so few were expected. Still, he paid the $12 entrance fee, joined the rest of the class in the studio. Uh, the students were in child's pose when this piece of shit walked in, and the teacher instructed him that he could instructed him that he could find a spot for his belongings in the corner. While clumsily looking in his bag, he now told her, but I have a question. Excuse me. He then put on earmuffs, uh, some hearing protectors, and pulled out the gun. I love that he used fucking hear, uh, earmuffs. Uh, he reportedly posed for a moment with the gun, as Steve Hendricks would later write in the Washington Post, in a big man power pose of his own. Then shot the unarmed woman closest to him during the pandemonium with a wild and aimless firing that followed one student in the class, Joshua Quick, uh, lived up to his name. Uh, he thought he heard the gun jam, this real life fucking hero, then grabbed the upright vacuum cleaner from the corner of the room, ran at this cowardly incel. Quick, who previously worked as a nurse and was an avid yoga and meditation practitioner, slammed the vacuum into this sh- fucking asshole's tiny scold head. Unfortunately, Beerly did not fall completely, retaliated by swinging his gun at the side of Quick's head, causing the incredibly courageous man to stumble to the ground with a large gash above his eyebrow. Meanwhile, as these two struggle, multiple women now escape. Then Mr. Quick, after getting pistol whipped, lives up to his name again, gets back up fast, strikes Beerly again. Gunman then elbows Quick in the face, then turns his attention elsewhere, allowing both Quick and his girlfriend to now escape. According to the remaining women in the room who were either injured or hiding when Beerly uh, was ready to continue firing, the room must have appeared empty to him because they heard him just, you know, he had a long pause, muttered something unintelligible, one last gunshot, and then heard the sound of his worthless, disgusting body hitting the yoga studio floor. Beerly ended his tirade by taking the coward's way out, right, the way so many mass shooters do, right, shot himself in the head. The two women he killed were Maura Binkley, 21-year-old student at Florida State, uh, due to graduate the following year, and Dr. Nancy Van Vessem, a 61-year-old doctor and chief medical director for Capital Health Plan. Two innocent women. He did not know at all. They were just getting in some healthy self-care and murdered by a pathetic psycho. Beerly had long since uh, had long been known to hate women. He had been arrested twice for groping female students at Florida State, was nicknamed Nazi Scott by a few who knew him in high school for white supremacist leanings. In 2002, his parents briefly thought that their son was possibly the D.C. sniper. Fuck. Uh, my God. Remember the uh, D.C. sniper? Episode 301 of Time Suck, June of 2022. Uh, the episode that unleashed an unprecedented number of unwanted Papa John jokes. Weaker wrists, smaller skulls, Papa Pinheads. Uh, in, in his adolescence, Beerley wrote a 70,000-word revenge fantasy about a middle schooler who hates the girls in his class for not liking him back. This book uh, ends with the protagonist, the girl-hating prepubescent, brutally killing each of the middle school girls he despises, admiring their bodies while he does so, then flinging himself off a roof. I don't think I'll read it. Doesn't sound very good. Each of the girls in the story based on Beerley's real-life classmates, and he didn't get in massive trouble for this. Around the same time, he also wrote a collection of punk rock songs about different ways to assault and maim women, with titles like Locked in My Basement, Freshly Fried Girl, and I Will Not Touch You, My Bullets Will. So many fucking red flags around this piece of shit. Beerly had a semi-active social media presence and in one now-deleted YouTube video compared himself to one of his heroes, Elliot Roger. Within hours of the attack, the manosphere lit up with praise for Saint Yoga Cell, as he was now being called, and how he had rightfully targeted spandex-wearing yoga horse. How dare these women? Take care of their minds and bodies by engaging in the healthy practice of yoga. May 20th, 2020, 
Armando Hernandez Jr. posts a series of Snapchat videos of himself firing shots down an empty hallway. Calls himself the shooter of Westgate 2020. The self-described incel had been contemplating a mass shooting for three or four years. He wanted to target couples, and according to a deputy county attorney, Ed Leiter, intended to make them feel the pain he felt every day. When he arrived at the Westgate Entertainment District, a shopping center in Glendale, Arizona, with three 30-round magazines for his AR-15, he started live streaming, told the camera in the now-deleted Twitter video, let's get this done. Apparently, what pushed him over the edge that night was a series of very minor inconveniences. This weak-minded, victim-mentality fuckface left his house that evening in a rage, telling his family he was going to the gym. He first went to Panda Express, where for some unknown reason, he said he was unable to get food, and that apparently infuriated this incel. Where's the Beijing beef, mother? Why can't I ever win? My zapples are on fire. The Stacy's mother. The Stacy's and Becky's are behind us. After that, he called some friends. Nobody answered. Then thought he might catch a movie, but because it was mid-pandemic, the theater wasn't open. Why, mother? Why is everyone against me? His AR-15 was already in the back of his car, so in his growing rage and anger, he decided, fuck it, time to shoot up the mall. Hernandez shot three people that night, a 19-year-old man, a 16-year-old girl, and a 30-year-old woman. None of his victims, uh, thankfully, died. When police arrived at the scene five minutes after someone first reported the attack, Glendale Lieutenant, hail Nimrod for this fucking hero, Nick Sussuras, veteran and police officer of 26 years, immediately took Hernandez into custody without incident. The incel's rifle jammed, preventing the attack from reaching the extent he hoped. Hernandez would later be indicted by a grand jury on 39 criminal charges, five counts of criminal damage, one count of unlawful firing of a weapon, two counts of firing a gun at a building, four counts of endangerment, 15 counts of disorderly conduct, 10 counts of aggravated assault, two counts of attempted first-degree murder. July 8th of 2022, Hernandez sentenced to 44 years in prison. And I think it's bullshit he didn't get at least life in prison with no possibility of parole. Right? That worthless fuck should never be uh, free again. Two weeks after Hernandez's attempt at a mass shooting, a Virginia man, Cole Carini, accidentally detonates a homemade explosive device he had intended to use to murder women. God, I wish every wannabe mass murderer had something like this happen to them. <laughs> June 3rd, Carini went to the hospital with one hand completely gone. Shrapnel wounds covering his neck, throat, and what remained of his other hand, missing multiple fingers. Carini told the hospital authorities he suffered the accident with his lawnmower. <laughs> what kind of accident would that be, right? You reach in with one hand to clear away a clump of grass, preventing the blade from spinning while the engine's running like an idiot. Then it cuts your hand completely off and you just keep going. You don't even turn off the mower. You just like with your other hand, you're like, well, maybe I can get it with this hand. And then you lose some fingers. <laughs> Hospital authorities didn't buy his dumb story. Uh, they knew his wounds were due to an explosive device. When his home was then searched, uh, the lawn, you know, it was seen like clearly it hadn't been mowed recently. And there was clear evidence of an explosion in his bedroom. There was drawings of improvised explosive devices on his walls, both exploded and unexploded remnants of pipe bombs and a partially constructed pressure cooker explosive device similar to the one used in the Boston Marathon bombing. Also, while searching his home, investigators discovered some notes Carini had written describing his desire to target, quote, hot cheerleaders. Carini had also written, I will not be afraid of the consequences. No matter what, I will be heroic, like Elliot Roger. Ah, oh, fuck. Carini uh, was sentenced in July of 2021 to 84 months in federal prison for possessing and manufacturing an unregistered explosive device. Very ironically, this motherfucker had a steady girlfriend when he blew his hand off, and most of the other one. Just wasn't the girl he wanted. So he wasn't even an incel. So now the incel community doesn't really give a fuck about this poser, and neither does anybody else. Good. 
I'm glad when he gets out, it's going to be a lot harder for him to cause mayhem. Uh, self-proclaimed incel Malik Sanchez announces to a crowded Manhattan restaurant on February 13th, 2021, bomb detonation in two minutes. I will take you with me and kill you all. I kill you all right now. This entire thing was being documented via a YouTube live stream. And he was receiving real-time donations to encourage him to do it. Scene was chaos as diners ran for their lives, screamed. Sanchez laughed to the audience, watched on his phone. Holy shit, boys. Holy shit, boys. That was fucking five stars. That was five stars, he said. No, not five. Not even three out of five. Uh, Sanchez did not have a bomb. Just wanted to horrify and instill crippling fear into women and the general public. Sanchez, known to his followers by the moniker Smooth Sanchez, very active on incel forums. Very popular amongst them for the content he made menacing women in New York City. Also frequently praised Elliot Roger online. Uh, while attending his later court hearing, Judge Colleen McMahon of New York City told Sanchez he was a sicko, informed him that two of the women who were there had written in their letters to the judge that she should throw the book at him because his record was relatively clean. The incel who carried out a hoax bomb threat and laughing while do so will serve no jail time. Instead, he received three years of supervised probation. During the hearing, Assistant U.S. Attorney Kaylin Lasky pled to the judge. He's been a menace to the community for years, all while spouting incel ideology. Well, I guess we can just hope the authorities keeping a close eye on that pathetic psycho. December 15, 2021, incel David Kaufman pled guilty to a federal stalking charge or charges for stalking campaign, a stalking campaign against multiple women that lasted from October 19th to August of 2020. Kaufman, who also idolized Elliot Roger, spent almost two years harassing his victims online by impersonating them, threatening to murder them in very graphic ways. So I guess it would have been August 19th of 2018 to August of 2020. And uh, yeah, two years of constantly harassing victims online, impersonating them, threatening to murder them in graphic ways, threatening to violently rape them in graphic ways, sending them pictures of Roger's victims. Ugh. Uh, Kaufman also went by David Khalifa and Big Man on incel forums, told courts he was heavily influenced by incel culture. He was sentenced to only 30 months in prison, April of 2022. NYPD Commissioner Dermot Shea said of Kaufman's crimes, the abhorrent acts carried out by David Kaufman, excuse me, are not isolated, not just isolated offenses, but representative of a larger pattern of criminality that tears at the very fabric of our society. Hail Nimrod, Commissioner. Yeah, we need to work to make sure this incel cancer does not spread. Too bad the companies that host their websites and forums don't do the right thing and exercise the right to refuse service to any customers they choose and take away these losers' virtual clubhouses. October 11th, 2022, self-identified incel, Trey Jenko, pleads guilty to attempting a hate crime. The 22-year-old was plotting to murder what he hoped would be at least 3,000 women in sororities at an undisclosed university in Ohio. In 2019, he purchased tactical gloves, a bulletproof vest, a Bowie knife, two Glock 17 magazines, a 9mm Glock 17, a clip, a holster, hoodie that said revenge, and a school face mask. January of 2020, a little over a month from being discharged from the Army in December of 2019, this incel searched the web for planning a shooting crime and when does preparing for a crime become an attempt? Jenko had been an active member on multiple incel websites since 2019, and prior to being arrested, had written an incel manifesto, a la his hero, Elliot Roger, whom he idolized. In his manifesto, Jenko wrote that he hoped to slaughter sorority women and was driven by hatred, jealousy, and revenge. Jenko frequently used a derogatory term for women we went over earlier, femoid, in his posts, and once posted about the extremely empowering action of shooting femoids and couples with a water gun full of orange juice. He compared himself to Roger, who had done that same thing in 2012, two years before his mass shooting in 2014. 
In his manifesto, Roger had written about how one day in June of 2014, he had seen a group of popular fraternity jocks and a flock of beautiful blonde girls playing kickball together. Uh, This time, Elliot wrote, All the girls were scantily clad. Rage boiled inside me as I watched those people who thought they were better than me, enjoying their pleasurable little lives together. The rage was so intense I couldn't take it. I was insulted too much. I couldn't leave them without getting some form of revenge. So I drove to the nearby Kmart, bought a super soaker, filled it with orange juice and drove back to the park. They were still there having the time of their lives and I wanted to ruin it for them. I wanted to ruin their fun just like they ruined mine, as they would never accept me among them. I screamed at them with rage as I sprayed them with my super soaker. When the boys started to yell and chase after me, I quickly got in my car and drove away. I was giddy with ecstatic, hate-fueled excitement. I wish I could spray boiling oil at those foul beasts. They deserve to die horrible, painful deaths just for the crime of enjoying a better life than me. How pathetic, you know? He knew that they didn't do anything really wrong. They just uh, lived the life he wanted. That's it. For that crime, they should be killed. The crimes Jenko pled guilty to are punishable by up to life in prison. Uh, If he has been sentenced, the internet does not yet know about it. May 6th of this year, eight people are murdered by incel Mauricio Garcia at the Allen Premium Outlet Shopping Center near Dallas, Texas. Garcia was an active member on multiple extremist hate group sites, uh, incel and self-identified Nazi. Dude had several neo-Nazi tattoos, including a large swastika on his chest, letters SS on his right arm, which is a little extra weird for a dude named uh, Mauricio Garcia. Guy who identified as Hispanic. A guy who looks, yeah, very Hispanic. Brown skin, brown hair, brown eyes, but loved Hitler. A lot going on with this dumb, very confused motherfucker. Uh, prior to the attack, Garcia had posted online praising multiple mass shooters and, of course, valorizing, celebrating Elliot Roger. Garcia was fatally shot by an Allen County police officer who arrived at the scene, immediately rushed to confront him. Hail Nimrod for this unnamed officer saved an untold amount of lives. June 28th of this year, after having been presented with evidence of the attack and the body cam footage, Texas, a Texas grand jury refused to indict the officer who killed Garcia. Uh, the video begins by showing the officer, uh, again, whose name has not been released, speaking to a mother and her two kids, telling the boys, make sure you wear your seatbelts when mommy's driving. Suddenly, multiple gunshots erupt in the distance, according to the video. The officer now radios in that he's hearing gunfire at the outlet mall. Officer then immediately goes to his police cruiser, grabs a rifle, starts running as fast as he can in the direction of gunfire, yelling into his radio. I'm on foot. I need everybody I got. I'm moving as fast as I can to try and get over there. The officer is heard on the, on the video. As the shooting continues, the officer radios in. I'm a Tommy Hill figure. I don't know where he's at. Moments later, the officer spots the gunman firing his weapon. According to the video, the officer returns fire from distance, striking, killing the gunman. Shots fired by police. I've got him down. The officer radios in before moving towards the gunman yelling, drop the gun. Among Garcia's victims, two sisters, ages eight and 11, as well as a three-year-old little boy and both his parents. Most of his victims, ironically, are male. In a landmark case against incel violence, Ogzon Sert is sentenced to life in prison for stabbing to death 24-year-old Ashley Noel Azaga and brutally attacking, though not killing, another woman. It was the first time in Canadian history that an incel-inspired crime was designated as an act of terrorism. The then 17-year-old self-identified incel entered a massage parlor in Toronto on the evening of February 24th, 2020, armed with a large knife, sometimes described as a sword in sources, inscribed with the words Thought Slayer. Thought, a derogatory term that stands for that hoe over there. 
He stabbed the woman who greeted him, Ashley Arzaga, who had a four-year-old daughter at home in the neck, then continued to stab her as she fell to the floor. Justice Akhtar, the judge who sentenced Sert to life in prison, stated that the murder of Mrs. Arzaga, captured on video, reflects the evils of incel ideology. Mr. Sert did not just murder Ms. Arzaga, he butchered her. After hearing the commotion in the reception area, another woman, who was unnamed in court documents, worked in the massage parlor, walked in to see what was happening. Sert stabbed her in the chest, told her he was going to kill her, repeatedly called her a stupid whore. And this incredibly brave woman, able to escape by wrestling the sword from Sert's hand after being stabbed in the fucking chest, then gets it away from him and stabs that little-wristed, pinheaded, weak little bitch in the back. When police arrived, he informed them he had intended to murder everyone in the building, uh, but that he was happy I got one. Just no remorse. Just mindless rage. Uh, He'll be eligible for parole when he's just 28 years old. Let's hope that they deny him and let's get out of this timeline. Good job, soldier. You made it back. Barely. Uh, Real quick, before my recap, an incel-specific sponsor for today's show. New for the makers of Whipple and Whipple Chill comes an energy drink created specifically for incels. It's Crybaby Juice. Each sippy cup full of Crybaby Juice, or as we call it around the office, Sad Boy Sauce, contains 50% apple juice, 25% grape juice, 5% additional barrier fruit for various flavors, nothing too tart or spicy, we promise, and 20% green tea so you can get some caffeine, but not so much that'll upset your delicate constitution. And thanks to the apple and grape juice, it doesn't have a harsh taste. That will lead you to coughing and dry heaving and being further mocked by the Chads and Stacys who already despise you. <laughs> Each no-spilling for good boy sippy cup of crybaby juice also comes with several pieces of scented tissue with just enough lotion to not irritate your fragile, unattractive skin while drying away the tears brought on by continuing to unnecessarily stew in your own self-created pit of despair, irrationally feeling victimized by those around you just living their lives. Grab a four-pack of Crybaby Juice today and put just a little, but not too much, of pep into your defeatist negative Nancy little sad boy sauce step. It'll give you the boost you need to log some more pathetic woe-is-me bullshit in the manosphere and connect with other complete and total losers. Crybaby Juice comes in the following flavors. Huckleberry Height Cell, Strawberry Skull Cell, Mango Melvin, and Watermelon Wrist Cell Wizard. Crybaby Juice is a proud subsidiary of Bear Evil Incorporated. Almost timed that perfectly. Ah, almost got that to, to go with the uh, random YouTube background music. Uh, okay. Not, not so sure that incels are going to buy some beverages from a company blatantly mocking them, but, but who knows? I'm not a marketing expert. So incels, what a pathetic, unintentionally hilarious, and also scary and disturbing subculture and ideology, right? This isn't, this isn't just people not having sex. This is people with very specific ideology. And I'm not surprised this culture exists. Right? Do you know anybody who doesn't seem to have a realistic sense of what the world owes them, which would be nothing, and of their place in the world? Someone pretty delusional, you know, regarding you know what they feel entitled to. Someone who doesn't seem to have a realistic sense of what they're bringing to the table in life at all. Most importantly, someone who can't seem to see that it isn't the world that's continually fucking them over, but rather their own choices and terrible attitude. I do. I feel like I run into those people fairly frequently. Uh, this story actually reminded me of a guy I used to shoot some sketch comedy videos with a, a long time ago. Guy who aspired to be a documentarian. Guy I tried to help to that end. A guy I regret ever really associating with because of his, you know, horrible, defeatist, victim mentality bullshit. Uh, this guy was born 
with about the same chances of getting what he wanted in his life as the rest of us, more chances than many, you know, no physical disabilities, no disfigurement, no debilitating mental illness. He had by his own account, really good childhood, supportive parents who watched his soccer games, you know, paid for him to go to college, uh, a sibling, a sister who loved him and wanted him to be part of his nephew and niece's lives, full head of hair, uh, solid wrists, eyes spaced, you know, a normal distance apart, not terribly muscular, definitely not out of shape, intelligent in many ways, you know, got a degree from a good school, uh, decent instincts for storytelling, good sense of humor, great taste in music and art. And I would not be surprised at all if he is very active on these incel sites right now. He was uh, and is, you know, I don't know, maybe 5'4". And my God, would he blame so many of his problems, specifically on his height. You should tell me when we hung out around 15 years ago now, back when he was in his late 20s, that he, you know, barely dated. Uh, I suspect he was, you know, uh, a virgin. And he decided, much like the incels I went over today, that there was just no point in even trying to date because women just did not want to date a guy his height, period. He decided. But I saw girls flirt with him. I also saw them turned off by his increasingly negative, hostile attitude. The fact that he had real, no real life plan, that he was very delusional in his ambition. Uh, when I met him, he was still living with his parents, working part-time as a dishwasher at a comedy club, trying to figure out a documentary to shoot. When, he moved, uh, when I moved down to LA, I let him stay with me for a little while, stayed in my place, shot some stuff uh, for me in exchange for free rent and a chance to uh, make it as a documentarian in Hollywood. Wanted to become a big-time documentarian and never have to return to the Midwest. He got an internship for an established, you know, with an established documentary filmmaker. Seemed happy about it for around a week. But then some young woman also got an internship. And he felt like his boss preferred her to him. And he blamed that on her looks and gender entirely. Couldn't be because she was maybe better. You know, only because she was attractive. She soon was offered the paid internship he felt entitled to getting. He didn't get it. And he went fucking off. To the point the filmmaker had to get the lawyers involved or lawyers had, I think, get the police involved, right? He was talking so much crazy shit online about uh, this this guy. This guy bitched to me about how the system was rigged, right? Suddenly it was fuck Hollywood. Nothing but untalented hacks and vapid women who just, you know, would fuck the hacks in exchange for a taste of the good life. That's all it was. Of course he lost a job to some girl that the filmmaker was clearly fucking, you know? He bitched about how he'd never be able to compete with a system like this. You know, the dudes, you know, eager to please all these gold diggers. He got so worked up about all this shit. I I fucking kicked him out of my place. He went back to his hometown with his tail between his legs and just doubled down on the stupid mentality. I tried to talk him into taking more responsibility for his life. Stop blaming everybody else. Right. Even if that guy did give the job to someone less deserving, why would he burn the only bridge he had made in LA? Could have kept his head down. Could have kept his mouth shut. Finished the unpaid internship. Done a good job. Not complained. And got a solid reference on his resume that could lead to more work. But instead, he tarnished his name by throwing a childish temper tantrum. Burned a bridge. You know, with this guy, burned a bridge with me as well for being unnecessarily angry and negative. We kept in touch loosely for a while from afar. I heard about how he moved back in with his folks, refused to get a day job. You know, he's above it. It was, you know, beneath his talent. Became more bitty, more bitter, excuse me, more angry. Eventually did somehow get a girlfriend for a, a brief period of time, couple months. Moved in with her very briefly, got some sort of job, seemed happy for a second, then she dumped him, and then he became more bitter than ever. One rejection sent him to, you know, live back with his folks and hate all women more than ever. Uh, That was a good decade ago. I doubt he has dated since. 
Years later, when I didn't want to resume an old project with him that he reached out about, he fucking hated me too. Told me I was a pussy whipped bitch who let women make all my decisions for me. First, my old manager, who was a woman uh, who never liked him. Now my wife, who also didn't like him. His attitude, a clear reflection of his growing hatred of women in general. I cut off ties with this fucking loser. Had to talk with a, a lawyer when he started sending threatening emails. You know, he showed up uh, a few comedy clubs I was working at, made a big scene, tried to bait me into physically attacking him, which I almost did. So I'm sure he, you know, he wanted to sue me. So angry at the world for in his mind, fucking him over. But the world's never fucked him over. He has fucked himself over for decades now. He's blind to the fact that he has ruined his life. I thought back about our old friendship this week and I couldn't think of a single example of him ever truly taking responsibility for his own fuck-ups. Nope, just blame, blame, blame. And where does that attitude get people? Nowhere. Definitely got him nowhere, right? I'm almost certain. He's now in his 40s. He's still living at home. Probably will be until his parents pass on. And then I imagine he'll keep living in his childhood home if they leave it to him in his will. Uh, From what I've heard, he's made zero effort to date, to get a job, to try to pay his own way in life. Never became the filmmaker he wanted, not because the game is rigged, but because he never tried to put himself out there and push past rejection. Never tried to get more internships. Felt he was above him. He's so talented, but the world just doesn't see his talent because he's short, because he's not a buff, handsome dude of a hot woman with the right jawline. I kept track of little short films he was releasing on YouTube for a while, and due to his arrogance and lack of hustle, in my opinion, they just kept getting worse over time until he just stopped putting them out. He's fucking, he's, he, he has chosen to be a complete fucking loser, right? Each project, you know, just fucking not, just getting more bitter, more angry, the narration revealing a dude more upset with society. And he's not the only example I personally am familiar with of someone failing in life, not because the world's against them, not because women is against them, but because they're against women in the world. You got to be careful of the attitudes and beliefs you choose to possess because they will define you. Be careful of the company you keep, meat sacks. If you're an angry incel, I can see how becoming part of an online community of fellow angry incels would be comforting, appealing, leave you feeling less alone. However, don't you understand that that same company is in the long run, just making sure you stay angry and alone? If you want to actually have sex someday, sex in a healthy relationship, why would you surround yourself with a bunch of fucking losers who don't have a clue how to make that happen? They're the last people you should associate with. Make better friends. Set realistic romantic expectations. You know, if you have no interest in hitting the gym, eating right, getting a tone rip body or some version of that, if you're not a career climber, you're not super ambitious, if you're not someone who obsesses over fashion, has great personal hygiene, uh, you know, then why are you fucking pursuing people who do all that shit? Just like you have the right to be sexually interested in whatever you want, so does whoever you are pursuing. They don't owe you shit. Just like you don't owe them anything. And that's just life. Life owes you fucking nothing. Last thing about this defeatist incel attitude. You can try as hard as you want. You still might not ever date the woman of your dreams, but you might date her. If you give up, right? Trying to get what what you want because you think the game is rigged, you will for sure never date her. If you think it's impossible because of your eye spacing, wrist and skull size, jawline, musculature, income, all that other stupid giga chat incel bullshit, you'll never ever for sure date the woman of your dreams. Isn't a chance of doing that better than no chance? right? It is. Hope. So important in life. Hope of a better future than the present is what helps many of us, I imagine, keep getting out of bed in the morning. And if you lose hope, right, then you're just going to give up. So don't give up. Stop playing the victim. Stop choosing to be weak. Stop choosing to be such a whiny, bitter little omega male bitch that Lucifina finds pathetic 
be better than that. Or, I don't know, go get a sex spot. Stay in the basement, a basement that reeks of shame and cum, and never fucking see the light of day again, and leave the rest of us alone, you fucking weirdo. Hail Nimrod. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Number one, incels, or involuntary celibates, believe, as men, they're entitled to sex and women's bodies, and they blame bad genetics, evolution, and of course, women being pieces of shit for not being able to get laid. Damn women and their hypergamy. Number two, incels are a part of a larger virtual space of male communities who feel themselves to be devalued and victimized by society, called the manosphere. Incel forums and websites are rife with violent misogyny and the encouragement of rape. Number three, dominate. Incels subscribe to a series of standardizations, uh, you know, standardized standardizing systems of rating attractiveness and dominance hierarchy for men the lowest of the low are the incels rated one out of ten with no women to have sex with no masculine features to aid in their attempt to ascend the social ladder at the top of the top is the giga chad a 10 out of 10 thick necked motherfucker with access to all of society's greatest privileges stacy sex and chad power number four due to an increasing rate of incel fueled violence starting with this piece of shit elliot roger in 2014 Incels now considered as a domestic terrorist threat in the U.S., Canada, and elsewhere. And number five, new info. As it turns out, incels idolize more than mass shooters. Canadian psychologist Jordan Peterson, a fellow podcaster, has been hailed as a sort of intellectual champion for incels, as his thoughts on masculinity being under attack seem to legitimize what incels perceive themselves to be experiencing, marginalization due to gender. In a 2018 New York Times article titled Jordan, Jordan Peterson, Custodian of the Patriarchy, he was quoted saying that Toronto Killer, the guy we met, Alec Manassian, was angry at God because women were rejecting him. The cure for that is enforced monogamy. That's actually why monogamy emerges. You can imagine how positively the Encelosphere responded to that suggestion. Have you seen any pics of Jordan Peterson? Very doe-like, prey eyes, tiny wrists. Skull looks a little small as well. Hmm. He might not also be an incel, but he is certainly no Chad. Time suck. Top five takeaways. The horrifying world, the disgusting ideology of incels has been sucked. Uh, thank you to the Queen of Bad Magic, the rest of the team, including Suck Ranger Tyler C. recording this show. Molly Jean Box providing the initial research this week for the very first time. Did a great job. Thanks to the Spacers on Patreon for supporting this show. Thanks to the All Seen Eyes moderating the Cult of the Curious private Facebook page, the Mod Squad, making sure the Time Suck Discord channel stays fun. And thanks to everyone over on the Time Suck subreddit and Bad Magic subreddit. I know some of you uh, miss me previewing next episodes, and maybe I'll be able to get back to that, at least here and there, some point this next year, when I'm more ahead on content. Don't feel rushed into picking something fast. Uh, for right now, don't know what the topic next week will be, but I do know it will be an inspiring topic as is our year-end tradition now, with a recap of sorts of 2023 and a look ahead to 2024. Uh, right now, let's head on over to this week's Time Sucker Updates. Updates? Get your Time Sucker Updates. Uh, first update coming in from a, a Steve Sack with a, a needed pronunciation update and more. He writes in with the subject line of treatise. Reverend Doctor, Laser Rocket Guardian Dan. Can't believe no one's brought up that bit from Chinese Affection in a Time Sucker update. I'm here to correct your mush mouth and also provide possible insight. I'm working my way through the catalog and I'm wrapping up Suck 318. In multiple episodes, I've heard you say Treatsy. I think you're trying to correctly say 
Treatise? It's pronounced treatise. Also from the MRTCG episode, I think Americans simply aren't concerned with happenings in Africa unless they're African. I don't think it's disrespect or anything, just that we consider Africa to still be a developing and war-torn continent, so shitty things are going to occur more often than somewhere like Europe, uh, you would think. Much love and appreciation from this pilot sucker who agrees with you on your opinion of Malaysian 370, Steve Ryan. Uh, Well, thank you, Steve. Uh, Yes, I was trying to say treatise. I think I've had this correction come in before. I think I started saying it correctly, then went back to treatise, and I don't even know where I got the word treatise in my head. Uh, Regarding Africa, I I think you might be right that we have different expectations, I guess, uh, for life on that continent, but but how sad is that? Like, how sad is it that we're still such a tribal species and care more about atrocities happening to people who just happen to look more like we do? I hope someday humanity can get get to a place where we truly see each other as humans first, everything else as a very distant second. And by everything else, I mean nationality, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, any uh, notion of first, second, or third world, right? None of that should factor in when it comes to just human-to-human empathy. Atrocities should be measured only by the total cost of human suffering, not which humans are suffering and where they're suffering. Uh, And finally, glad an actual pilot. And I see eye-to-eye on that flight disappearance and safe travels. This next update posts on our Patreon uh, page by Lucifina loving boss bitch Liza with lime eyes. And this made me laugh so hard. Liza writes, this is a long post, but well worth your time if you need a laugh. Shout out to the meat sack that was a teacher in a small conservative Texas town. Uh, yeah, in a previous uh, update. I am an undercover. <laughs> I am undercover, but my bicycle only likes to ride with other bicycles. And we ride off ramps all the time and we are still fucking gorgeous bikes. <laughs> when I worked in corporate America, a woman forgot her phone when she went to a meeting. And when her Bluetooth that was in her ear broke with her phone, you could hear that the phone, you could hear coming from her phone, the loudest, most raunchy pornos you can think of. The women on that porno knew how to scream, I'm coming, motherfucker, really well. We are just in a big room full of desks listening. The two managers bash into each other trying to get to the phone. And of course it's locked. So the next logical step would be to turn off the phone. No, they were so upset, they ran into the parking garage and threw it in the janitor's office and slammed the door. All the while, you're hearing some nasty, dirty talk, skin slapping coming from the phone. I was dead. I'm not sure if I've ever laughed harder in my life. My head was on my desk and I laughed so hard, I had a puddle of tears and all my buddies and I were doing that squealing type of laughing that you can't stop. Well, after a very long while, we composed ourselves. The woman came back from her meeting and said, where's my phone? The managers pounced on her, took her to her phone. I'm sure she was written up about four times, but didn't lose her job. She came back, sat down, smiled, and started to work like nothing happened. The best part, she was a preacher's wife. If I didn't make it clear, I'm also a Texas teacher in a small conservative town. Ah, Liza, I love this. Holy shit. What a scene that would be to witness. I would also be cry laughing. So good. I like that when she came back, she just smiled, started to work, act like nothing happened. And uh, what a lucky preacher. Getting some good loving Uh, (laughs) from the sounds of it. When Lindsay tells me that she's uh, watched some porn, I find it so hot. Uh, I'm glad you and your bike are gorgeous and enjoying the company of other gorgeous used bikes. Safe riding. Hi-yo, sarsaparilla, away! Next up, a fired up sack. Bridget Lotito. Writes in with the subject line of fucking book banning idiot. (laughs) Bridget writes, Sir, I am inflamed at the growing foundation of incompetence in this country. At the end of your episode on the protocols, you told us the infuriating tale of the woman in Florida who, without having read the poem she was protesting, used her extensive stupidity to get the poem banned from her child's elementary school. 
She simply filled out a request form, answered a question regarding her awareness of the poem's professional reviews with an audacious, I don't need it. And one week later, educators with mindful intent found her request valid and instituted the ban. Unfucking believable While we laugh and shake our heads in disbelief for this Florida woman's inane behavior, the true culprits in the story are the educators who capitulated. Their approval gave sway to this woman's irrational, uneducated request and thereby contributed to the increased ignorance in our society. And most egregious, this story is not an anomaly. Read the news and note tales of dumbing down expectations, rationalizing untoward behaviors, and excusing the inexcusable, all in the name of fairness. Until rational, intelligent people, like you, Dan, stand up to the stupid bullshit, nitwits will continue to enlarge our country's cesspit. Dan, you consistently validate my faith in you being a fantastic meat sack. You're a brilliant, thoughtful man. Don't let naysayers suck your soul. Uh, side note, my son, Benjamin, gave me the gift of you. If you read this on air, please give a huge thank you and what this big deal. Shout out to my Benny Bug. He's one of the best meat sacks. Hope you keep on sucking, Dan, always and forever. Uh, don't know what I would do without you. Fill in my ear holes, grateful, loyal, validated space lizard, Bridget. Uh, Bridget, yeah, no, thank you so much. I'm not going to lie. When your livelihood is dependent on keeping a large audience entertained and thus continuing to listen, it is difficult to want to take a stand on polarizing issues sometimes. And, and sadly, book banning has become a polarizing issue, which I find frightening. Uh, but I will speak out on shit like this because I, I, I don't want to live in a society where we do constantly capitulate to the most ignorant members just because they have large numbers and some political weight to throw around. I love doing this. Excuse me, right now I honestly love doing this more than I ever have and I want to do it for a long, long time. But, but also if my big mouth sinks this ship by standing up for principles I, I strongly believe in, well, I guess I'll have to find something else to do. As much as I love this, I would rather not do it than become just another part of the problem, right? I appreciate your motivating words, Bridget. Thank you so much. And, and Benjamin, what is big deal? Mama is big deal. Go sit in corner, not bother mama when stroking soft shamecock. And finally, Todd Carnes, did I just say Todd Carnes? Uh, writes in with, greetings, uh, Sakathia. My name is Todd Carnes. I'm a nerdy space lizard that wrote in after the New Mexico prison riot suck. During the Korean War suck, you took a break from jovially joving us. Nice to ask a question. For the first time since I started listening, I felt strongly enough to write in. Before I get into it, uh, please realize I'm not a historian or a politician. I'm a software engineer. I don't always fully comprehend my fellow meat sacks and the ways of the world. And that's one of the many reasons I tune in each week. However, I think I'd like to take a stab at answering your question of, if we have given out so much aid, why don't we get paid? Yes, I'm talking about giving aid to other countries, not getting as much back. Please let me walk you through how I think about this from the mind of a coder. As coders, we consider all possible paths. For example, in the happy path, when you correctly enter your password during login, and in the sad path, when you enter an incorrect password and have to try it again. Now let's think about, now let's think about the U.S. providing aid around the world. In the happy path, we stick our necks out to help people in need, right? We have seen plenty of commercials of us flying around the globe, helping people during natural disasters and during international crises. I think that uh, this is something all of us meat sacks can get behind. What about in cases of other paths? What about when we take part in a war and we may not have had the best interest our nation, uh, of our nation in mind in doing so? What happens when we start behaving so erratically that other nations begin to reconsider if they want us involved in the first place? What happens when someone wearing our flag commits unspeakable acts that none of us would get behind and then we also demand a payment? In that light, we can quickly begin to look like global thugs. With all of that in mind, we do still get paid, just not in cold hard cash. 
We get paid in better trade deals. We get paid by our citizens being able to travel the world and not have to use a visa when visiting 147 nations. We get paid in a greater sense of security because we don't have to worry about what the next move of the big baddies around the globe will be. We get paid by the best minds of the world wanting to work here because of the opportunities they seek and they want a piece of the pie. Finally, what if we didn't provide aid at all? Knowing that the return on the aid is better trade deals and how that creates ripple effects that impact one standing on the global stage, someone else will provide that aid. If we truly want to be the leaders of the free world, I believe this comes with the territory. If this makes it to the air, could I get a shout out to my beautiful girlfriend, Jen, and our dog, Lucifina, Lucy for short? Life may be full of challenging decisions, but it is easy to see that life is so much better with them both. Thanks again. Some nerdy jabroni, Todd. (laughs) Todd, thank you for your thoughts. I loved him. Yeah, yeah, I guess getting paid doesn't have to only be in the form of direct financial compensation. It is nice to be able to travel to almost any nation in the world safely as a U.S. citizen. It's nice to feel safe at home. It's nice to have all the beneficial trade deals that allow us to buy, you know, cool goods from across the globe for reasonable prices. Yeah, we do benefit in so many ways from the sacrifices our military makes on a daily basis and have been making for over a century now globally going back to before World War I. Also, uh, love that your dog is named after Lucifina. That is awesome. Hail Lucifina. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Jen, for making Todd so happy. Thank you uh, uh, all. I assume maybe Lucifina has to listen for listening to the show. Um, enjoy life with your two kick-ass ladies. Hope they don't become zombified anytime soon and remain trustworthy light workers. Next time, suckers. I needed that. We all did. Thanks for listening to another Bad Magic Productions podcast. Scared to death, time suck each week. Please don't start hating all women this week because the girls you desire do not desire you. Uh, maybe try a new workout and or diet plan or therapy. Maybe put more effort into what you wear or what kind of attitude you have. Or I don't know, focus on other girls. Or stop thinking about sex and romance for a while and, and just stay here with me and keep on sucking. You big, strong, handsome Chad, you. <laughs> Bad Magic Productions. Oh, man. I'm so afraid to leave the Suck Dungeon recording studio now. Now that the recording's over and and venture out to the rest of the office. What am I going to find? You know, has Lindsay gotten more zombified? Did I I even tell you what powerful demon has taken possession of her body? Theodore Bartholomew. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. The powerful demon, Teddy Bart. Pray for me, meat sacks. Keep me in the light. Protect me from the powerful and evil and mostly very independent and willful Teddy Bart.